and we are live hey concrete i am delayed can you hear me yes ma'am i have a delay because you were saying hey before my screen showed me that i was off mute um mm. do i sound does it seem like i'm delayed to you no you seem fine but let's chat it up a little bit to kind of gauge yeah. we... mm -hmm. i'm delayed because your mouth isn't even moving at the same time your the sound isn't moving at the same time i'll be right back okay what's up people happy sunday shout out to asriel asriel just gonna hit the like button don't get up in here being disrespectful you know come and enjoy sit down send some money you know what i'm saying do that um child we gonna get into that uh y'all get so mad and be so offended and the man hasn't even came so just say good morning jesus christ good morning eugene how are you happy sunday um what have y'all been up to it has been a lazy type of weekend for me um i didn't do anything but chill out i was I didn't get but like three hours of sleep last night. So if y'all get up in here and talking about I look tired, I'm timing y'all ass out on uh -oh. site. That's what I'm gonna do. Hey, Concrete, what's going on, girl? Get hey, on your hey, side, hey, hey. That's much better. Um, what did I get into? I feel like I didn't get into a whole bunch of anything this weekend. This feels like it was a kind of chill weekend for me too which was fine um every weekend does not have to be jam-packed with all the things um but i also don't feel like it was super duper productive which is also okay it, you know it's all right to have a a chill weekend um we still have today yet and um we'll see what the day brings i did get out early yesterday ran some errands my usually my usual saturday errands they kind of took care of it. And then um, I came home and did a little bit of work and just kind of chill with my husband. So okay. that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, girls. Uh, chilling with me. Um, yes. I really like him. He's. You like him? You going like to keep him? him? You going to keep him around? Um, yeah, girl. It's a deaf duo's part. I mean. All right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna keep mine around, you know. Uh, I'm gonna renew his contract every five oh. years. That contract <laughs> renewal, see if he on his good behavior. Girl, so, what if he be like, no, he don't have a it ain't he don't have the option to renew. I have the option. Oh, to okay, renew. okay, girl. I was like, honey, it ain't that type of party. It, I okay. have the option to renew. <laughs> we ain't doing okay. that. I'm just making um, sure, honey, because it sounded. I, I I was like concrete. I don't know, honey. I don't know if you should just give Maybe. me. Maybe why would you say no though? Like, come on now. I'm cute. I'm I'm fine. I'm fun. I'm funny. I am like good energy. I'm amiable, easy to get along with. I'm very very domesticated. Um, I take good care of him. I'm super sweet. I'm all the things. Like you ain't gonna find much better. Why Why, why would you? you why would you shoot yourself in the foot? I was telling her, I was like, I'm fat, feminine, and submissive. What do you 
<laughs> not fat, feminine, and submissive. Girl, fat, feminine, and submissive. There's, oh. there's the thing. And so, we may need to do a show on that. Like they always <laughs> talking about fit, feminine, and friendly, but there's something to be said about those fat, feminine, and and friendly women too, baby. Like, mm, y'all know what you missing? We got out a on. whole, we got a whole lane, baby, and they need to recognize. <laughs> Oh, we don't want you because you're too fat. Fat, <laughs> fat dude. Like, what are you talking about, sir? Come, let me tickle Listen. you real quick. Like, stop. But, <laughs> yeah, me yeah. girl. That might be a vibe. <laughs> That's so funny. Very you ever funny. been a chubby chaser? Um, well, my ex put on weight, like we both put on weight during the relationship, but he was not heavy when I got with him, but, um, he wasn't like, he gained like a belly, but I ain't never been with like, like big, big dudes, but he gained like a belly. It almost looked like it was like a dad bod type of thing is what I would, um, call it equivalent to. Were um, you attracted to him? Was he sexy to you when he was chunky? Um, I didn't become less attracted to him because like he was extremely, he was very attractive. Like he was conventionally attractive, you know, color okay. eyes, the, you know, very he high cheekbones. Like he would have been what would have been conventionally attractive. So even with a couple extra pounds, like it didn't make him unattractive. So yeah. I did not become um, unattracted to him because of that and by the time he started putting on weight we have been together 10 years you know so oh wow yeah okay hmm. interesting yeah it wasn't that big of a deal okay conversations with concrete honey <laughs> all up in that. your business honey mm -hmm. oh i'll oh. let you get in my business every once in a while every once in a while uh, i'm being your business every week <sighs> but girl you know it's black history month we ain't even acknowledge it. So um, it is, mm, mm, it mm. is Black History Month. I'm Black 365 uh, or 366, depending upon the year. But I put some extra stank on it during the month of February, because why not? Mm. So um, I definitely <laughs> needed to acknowledge that I am doing my part in spreading, um, you know, the knowledge about the peoples. And yeah, so I just wanted to um, give a shout out to Black folks because we don't, we just, you know, yeah, <laughs> that part, <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> um, okay, so do you think we should still have a Black History Month or should it be like some things just acknowledged throughout the year? So I've seen people making that argument where they like, they think that I saw that clip of Morgan Freeman where he was saying that it's kind of dumbing down black history to dedicate a month solely to black history because there's not a month dedicated to, you know, Jewish folks, white folks, any other people. But I don't mind Be hold on one second. I'm sorry. I got some intruders. <laughs> Well, good morning, everybody. What's up? Uh, Anti-social, social-like podcast. Leo Anthony, Azukar, BL, good morning. UFO Kamikaze, what's going on? Um, Y'all, what have y'all been up to? Like I said, me and Curlin didn't do anything over the weekend. Um, I got my hair cut. Y'all see it? 
I thought I was doing something, child. I was like, oh, go, Marilyn. Um, other than that, it has been really, really laid back and chill. Um, I have been watching the drama um, kind of unfold on YouTube. I was watching something with Dennis Sperling last night, and he was going at Keep It 100. So I'm waiting on Keep It 100's response. Um, to kind of see what that is doing. Um, I see our homegirl, Melanie King, is back, y'all. And she back going live, honey. So I, I, I watched a little bit of that. Um, I started watching a new um, series over the weekend. What was that thing called? Y'all know I'll watch all kind of ratchetry and stuff. So, um. And why did my camera go dark? Oh my gosh. Hold on, y'all. Let me drop down, come back in. Um, <laughs> can you guys hear me? <laughs> Babe, <laughs> come help me. I am over here in the dark and now I'm yellow. Um, thank you so much, Gender War Lore. Um, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> it's like, imagine us trying to go live and do this show and then, huh, um, yeah, hold on just a second, y'all. Okay, I'm back, y'all. I made it. I made it. I made it. Um, yeah, I'm good, babe. Thank you. Um, yeah, I thought it was about to go down, child. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the breakdown, breaking down. Right. Listen, um, I see we do have our guest in the back, and I'm going to give him a proper introduction. Um, Concrete, come back up, child. Concrete just be leaving me. And then when I be sitting up up here and acting like I don't know what to say, because y'all up in here, but we're gonna do this. We're gonna get right. Um so over the weekend, nothing too much happened. Started a new series. Um, I've been watching Jenny and Georgia, which I really, really like the series because it really dives a lot into like mother-daughter traumas and stuff. And I feel like I had a mom kind of like Georgia, but I wasn't as emotional as Jenny. Um, it was interesting. It was really, really interesting. Um, then I was watching something like date my outfit, rate my outfit, stuff like that. I kind of get caught up on, but be hitting on nothing. Um, girl, you good. <laughs> yeah. I have unexpected people breaking into my office, didn't have my door locked, and then I couldn't get back in because it kept saying my audio wouldn't connect. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you. I could hear you, but it was yes, saying my audio couldn't connect. My apologies. My apologies. You 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 did good. Um sorry, sorry, sorry. The breakdown breaking down. Really, Leo? <laughs> Y'all live. Y'all live for these moments, but yes, I do see that we have, uh, I don't even remember what we was talking about before then, but I do see that um, our guest has joined in the back as well. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm going to bring him up 
and we'll get started with our interview. All right. Uh oh. Good oh. morning, JC. Hello, hello, hello. I think he's frozen too. Can he? Yeah, I was gonna say I, it looks frozen on my end too. JC, can you hear us? Uh oh. Um, he sent a message in the back. Okay, he said there's a slight delay. I'm gonna drop you down and come back in, and let's see if that helps. Everybody's uh having a little issue getting straight. Um, thank you so much. One of those days <laughs> I can already see. Why did your sound kind of go low? Like, what is good? Is it low? You're I don't know if it's on my end. No, I did just just adjust my volume, so it probably was me. Oh, why you do that? You always because I, I didn't. You know how they always. I, I didn't want to be too loud. Girl, so. don't focus on them because this, like I told you, that's your signature, honey. You, <laughs> we know you loud. She like me to be the loud ghetto friend. I already know she be setting me up. I mean, you already <laughs> approved, so you be oh. a little loud. Ain't gonna hurt. Can be a loud ghetto prude? Can you be a loud ghetto prude? I don't know about that. Is that, that a thing? I think so, concrete. <laughs> well, if not, I'm the first. Mm. I, <laughs> you're not ghetto. You're just loud. You're yeah. ghetto. You're the loud. I'm a loud prude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that should be like your tagline. <laughs> the loud prude. That's kind of cute. I, I like that. And you're frozen. Yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on. You're borging and you're frozen. JC. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, welcome. Yeah. How you good doing? Morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm tired, but I'm good. <laughs> yes. Well, um, you don't look, you don't look tired. Night. Child, listen, these eyes are <laughs> like I like I done smoked about two joints. <laughs> JC, don't ask me no questions about that. Anyway, <laughs> I am exhausted. I was up all night. Um, I was reading through um, one of your books, which is what we're going to discuss today, which mm -hmm. is um, When Men Were Men. Um, and so I was like, oh, let me get through. You know what? So my co-host had actually started reading your book yesterday as well. And oh, she okay. said... She was like, damn, um, you and him have a lot of similar uh, thought processes about things. And so when I was reading the initial part of your book before it kind of got into like the novel aspect of it, I was like, oh, wow. So I'm going through and then it turned into a novel and I was like, OK, OK, it's pretty good. I will be honest with you. You know, if you don't deal with like um, and this is. I don't really know how to say this without it kind of coming off as assholeish, but you know, okay. like you deal with like bigger, big authors and stuff like that. We've never dealt with like huge authors, but mm. you know, it's kind of when you do interviews with people that you don't all the way know, all the way know, then right. you're like, is it going to be like a mixtape situation? Is it going to be like, you know, how you have your rapper friends like, listen to my mixtape, and you be like. <laughs> I don't know, but right. it definitely wasn't that. It was definitely, definitely, definitely worth the read. So, thank you. I was relieved. 
<laughs> that's good. That's good. I, I've been I in no situation, so I understand. Yes, 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 yes. But we definitely, uh, Concrete, welcome back. Say hello to our guest. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hello. Hello. I apologize, baby. This AT&T internet ain't worth a darn thing, but um, I do apologize for having to pop out and pop back in and welcome. Welcome. Like my good sis has said, I also um, read your book and was thoroughly, uh, I wasn't thoroughly surprised because she is actually the person who introduced me to your work. And I did quite a bit of research before I got into the book, but I thoroughly enjoyed your work and it was a Thank great you. read. So yeah, um, definitely Appreciate happy that. to have you on the show. And I can't wait to get into the interview and let our audience know even more about what you do and what the book is about, as well as your other bodies of work. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you inviting me on. I, I'm, I'm grateful to be here this morning. And um, I thank you for the uh, praise of the book. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank but you. give us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Because you're an author. You've written three books so far, right? Yes. Yes. Three. So, and working on the fourth one. Nice. Okay. Very yes. nice. Um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, what else are you into? Uh, interesting enough, I'm actually, um, you brought up mixtape, but I'm an executive producing an album this year. Oh, so. oh wow. What kind of album? <laughs> Are you a rapper? Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm nervous for us, though. No, no, that's <laughs> uh, Wait, I'm you gonna spit a, a few bars? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, uh, it's going to be a, a multi-genre album, actually. So it's going to be oh, gospel, hip-hop, uh, country, um, pop. A little bit of it's gonna be five different types of music. Okay, okay. you're gonna be singing. You no, no, I, 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 well, no. So, so I it's I I wrote all the songs and I'm arranging okay. them. Of course, choosing music. Uh, so I'm choosing the artists to work with. But ah. you know, it's kind of th that type of thing. That's Very cool. Nice. So you really are a jack of all trades, that. then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll be out um, late summer. Actually, you know. It's, you know, Very nice. this year, but, you know, regarding the books, I've been an author officially um, since 2015 and my first book just was delayed. And then, of course, the pandemic happened and stuff like that. Um, but leading up to that, I, I had already written my first book, Supernatural Confidence. It just wasn't published yet. Um, of course, and then you, the book you have or you, you spoke about When Men Remains, my second book. And my third book is uh, The Day She Learned Chess, which is more for women. Okay, interesting. So, like, how did you get into writing? Like, what is, like, how did, what led you into writing? Uh, great question. I'm Basically, it started off, you know, when I was a child, I was always writing, like, short stories. And I was always into, you know, putting a story together. That's why, you know, when you read the book, it's more, it's not just philosophy, it's, you know, philosophy mixed with a story, you know, because yes. the stories is kind of the best way for people to relate uh, to things. So I was always writing as a child. And I think 13 is when I wrote my first real story that I actually read out loud. And once I saw that people were kind of into it, I said, OK, I might have a future in this. So that's kind of how it you know, started off. But of course, it's so many spaces in between because um, a lot of people were telling me, oh, you don't want to be a writer. There's no money in it. And mm -hmm. um, there's no real future. 
and authors, but you know, here we are today and I'm, I'm making real progress. So, you know, thank God I ignored them. Yeah. I do have a question for you about the book and, and excuse my ignorance because this is probably something I should know, but I know what my takeaway was after reading the book, but just out of curiosity, what genre of literature does when men were men fit into? Because I, I, I um, was kind of surprised by um, what my takeaway was after reading it. It was a little mm-hmm. different than what I expected. So what genre of literature does it actually fit in? I mean, I consider it a self-help book. I consider it, you know, a book for perspective, you know, mm-hmm. for someone who might be, you know, lost or someone who's looking for some type of guidance in today's world versus looking at it from, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. Okay. That was my takeaway when I read it. And that's not what I was expecting at all. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, it is kind of, there's a lot of directives given and, you know, there's a lot of information. I would kind of consider it a book about harnessing your power. And there's a lot of information on given on like how men can do that. Exactly. Right. Definitely. Uh, actual self-improvement, of course, most of it being mental um, and having a better outlook on life, because that's a lot, unfortunately, a part of, that's a lot of the struggle going on today is men have a poor outlook on the world. So that when you have a poor outlook on the world, you're gonna, uh, your actions are gonna be as such and you're gonna treat people as such. That is so interesting. So, like I said earlier on, um, when Concrete and I were discussing the book, um, she said that you and I have a lot of uh, similar thought processes about things. And so mine really came from a lot of pain that I went through. And then I actually had to wake up and take action and not really be the victim in every situation. And so I kind of had to take control of my life. Um, what I was curious about was what kind of led you to a lot of thought processes, because to me, a lot of those thought processes, um, are like born from rejection, pain, not getting what you want, um, constantly being a victim in a lot of situations. And so what I want to know is how did you arrive to a lot of the things that you arrived to? Uh Oh, JC. Um, okay, honey. (laughs) Yeah, baby, that, that internet is tearing it technology up today. today I'm telling you, and literally, I already know I'd be having these problems. AT&T is just a beast. I don't know what he's on, if it's just an independent network or if he's on his cell phone or something, but um, well, I'm sure he'll pop back in and we can um, re, re, uh, work, we can re-ask the question for him. Uh, yeah. Eisen was saying, so basically you're supposed to have an unrealistic outlook on human beings. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> What is, I don't where is that think, from? Right. I don't think that was the thought process, um, the angle that he was coming from. Did you get that out of that? No. Um, I don't know where that where that is even directed. Like that's kind of why I'm a little confused by that comment. And y'all know I'm always lost, baby. I don't think he's talking about me and be ready to cuss eyes and out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so I don't know where that's coming. Don't, I don't. I, I own mine, though. I'm going to own it. 
I don't know um, <laughs> where that came from. I don't know what he was talking about or if he was responding to a comment. Don't do it because that's growth because I'm owning it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let um, me put concrete on her side, child. You know how it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure, like I said, he'll hop back in because we definitely have lots more questions to cover and uh, a lot more to cover regarding this book, baby, because it definitely is interesting. As he stated, yeah. it is more of a self-help book. But, you know, I would advise you all to take a peek at it because it's some interesting information that came out of it. And I think it would be interesting for men in this space, especially because self-improvement has been one of the, I don't know if it's unintentional cornerstones of the space, but for several years, that was one of the markers that content was being, um, you know, um, one of the markers that content was being um, created upon. So, you know, yeah. it certainly helped to you to improve in certain areas of your life. And it's kind of all encompassing. When you talk about harnessing your power, that can speak to every area of your life. So, um, Eisen, he said, that's basically what he's saying to look at people in an idealistic mm -hmm. way, which is mm -hmm. unrealistic in meaning. That is definitely not what I took from the book. Um, what I took my, one of my takeaways from the book was, um, to really dive off into self, self-study, um, self-actualization, actualization, um, and being real with yourself about yeah. who, who it is that you are, how people view you, how you view the world, and being accountable for your own and owning your own shit. That was mm -hmm. like my biggest takeaway from the book. Like self mastery is kind yeah. of um, the is a prominent. Um, is a prominent um, point that he's driving in the book. So um, it's, I would venture to say one of the um, one of the premises of the book. So um, I don't think that's what he's saying at all. I'm not sure what he said that led you to to that conclusion. Yeah, um, because that's definitely not what I got from the book at all. Mm -mm. Not I don't want to talk too all. much about what I saw. Be I mean, what I did read because I don't want to give too much away. I'm hoping he'll be able to rejoin because I have so many questions to ask. And in those questions, you'll get a more clear picture of what the book was about. But that's certainly not what I got, what I derived from the book either. Um, Kit Cloud said, man, we all know ourselves at this point. If you don't, that's your business. Of course. And that's the thing, Kit Clouds. Men, people know themselves, but that doesn't mean like knowing yourself and being able to um, combat the issues that you deal with and or overcome the issues, the stumbling box blocks that's preventing you from being your greatest self or reaching your highest love or, you know, um, reaching that, that self mastery or, you know, accomplishing self-mastery are two different things. Yeah, it's important to know yourself, but how do you get beyond knowing yourself and knowing your flaws, knowing 
you know, what, what you suffer from, knowing what ails you, knowing, you know, you're a procrastinator, knowing you have a problem with time management. Okay. I know all of these things, but how then do I overcome them? That's what we want to talk about. Yeah. I know it, but how do I overcome them? Um, shout out to Eisen. He said, I was talking about his statement on people having a better outlook on life and people not speaking on the book, but what oh. he said, but he's not here to clarify. Well, you have your chance because he just came back. Um, JC, you good? <laughs> Uh-oh. in unfortunately, uh, Can you guys hear me? Oh. We uh, can hear you, but you're a, a little frozen, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going on. Uh, I'm frozen? Oh, wow. Yeah, you're okay for now. All right, you hear me now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do we want to just go ahead and continue with questions, especially because, you know, we know that we're dealing with some tech uh, technology challenges. So you want to go ahead and just dive right into the questions. Give me what you want to. Okay. Uh -oh. He's going to probably come out and come back in, honey. Okay. You know, uh, whatever is. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was saying something about the quality of in there. I don't know if he's at like a hotel or something. And if that's the case, maybe he's dealing with, you know, some of their, um, they have some issues with their Wi-Fi or something like that. Um, but if he's able to work through the uh, technology issues that he has and he has a clearer connection, we'll give him an opportunity to address this. If not, we might have to just dive into the questions so that because we don't know when it'll cut out again. Right. Um, um, Aizen, yeah. I think I want to give my opinion on this just to give it. Um, so if we view everything from a negative aspect um if you view the world as negative do you continue to get negative things if you view the and, and i'm not saying that optimism or pessimism is a right or wrong thing because i am a person with a dark um preview of, of life mm -hmm. um but i don't think everything is necessarily bad i just don't think everything is necessarily good either but i don't I'm not, I, I have a dark, I have a darker outlook than most people I know. Um, but I, I, I kind of wonder um, if you see the glass half empty, if you see the glass half full, does that actually make a difference in how you live your life and um, the results you get from leaving, leading your life like that? Concrete, what do you oh, think? Oh, I think it that? does. Really? I think it does. Um I, I'm an optimist and I see the glass as half full. Um, I don't necessarily, a couple different things. So like I said, when I was reading his book, a lot of what he was talking about were regarding, and he would quote and talk about like leadership qualities and how a lot of leaders um, and a lot of leaders um have like a lot of these specific qualities that he laid out in his book. A lot of the traits reminded me of you. So, you know, it, that's not to say that like you can't have these specific traits and win because these specific traits are what can, you know, what make 
leaders great and what helped leaders to acquire wealth and to lead and to be great leaders. Because to be completely honest, to be a great leader, real talk though, you have to be cutthroat. You have to be, um, you have to have a bit of cynicism. You have to be a realist. You're, a lot of readers are even like, pragmatists like they're not necessarily going to be the people who go walk through the world with rose-colored glasses on and stuff right leaders see things in a very um you know logical perspective way you know they're they're real like so a lot of what he was talking about i think that you you operate in the world differently when you you know the you operate in the world differently. Your perspective, mean the way that you view the world um, is definitely a indication of how you operate in the world, but it's not necessarily an indication that you can't succeed or that you're not going to be successful in how you operate in the world. It just means that you operate in the world differently than a person who is, you know, um, an optimist or just, you know, walking around with their head in the clouds. It's not, one's not better than the other. It's just different. MGTOW, MGTOW, MGTOW. You're such a hater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It looks cute. I love it. It's it's a very sophisticated look. I think the turtleneck too, you're giving sophistication. Girl, Curlin was like, break out your turtleneck, honey. Uh, Maybe I see principal. Like, mm, okay. (laughs) Um, What do you think, though? What do you think about what I just said? Like, you know. So when you talked about um, qualities of leaderships, I think that you are spot on um, because leadership leaders have to see the world to me, like exactly as it is not what they're trying to make it out to be. Mm-hmm. And they don't get to be delusional about it because generally other people are depending on you. So I, I think that um, you made some great points um, mm-hmm. and he made some really, really great points in the book. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I I enjoy the book and more more yeah. so than I thought I would because you know when you think self help, if you've read a lot of self help books, then you're like, oh, here mm-hmm. we go again. You go here, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be the same thing over and over. Yeah. But no, it was actually pretty good. Um, shout <laughs> out to Uncle Stu, old man on the block. Um, he you. says, to be a leader, you must turn your back on the crowd. Leading mm-hmm. a home is different from leading a business. What do you think about um, marriage being a business relationship as well, Uncle Stu? Um, because I've heard a lot of people say that um, when it comes down to yeah. marriage. Um, I agree with that. I, now, I agree with marriage being a business. I think that there are some similarities in leading a business and leading a marriage because in leading a business, you're going to do the do like you're going to do what's for the greater good of the business, despite what your employees might think. And a leader of a marriage, of a home, of a family 
has to make those same types of decisions, despite the fact that your wife might not agree, your kids might not like it. it you, you, you have to do what's best for the family, even if that means moving to Wyoming, where the, the everybody's complaining like, oh, it's going to be boring. There's nothing in Wyoming but Buffalo and, you know, ranch and, and wide open space. But you know that this job opportunity can change, can, you know, help you to build legacy and change the, your, your family's life. So I see quite a few similarities in leading a family and leading a business, um, especially for a man who understands his power and who has mastered that power and is not blue pill or not, um, you know, not being ruled by the, the matriarch. Um, who understands manhood and who is leading effectively. I'll say that. Yeah. Did you think that he was going to be like a male feminist type when you were reading his book? Um, when I saw the title, I thought that the book was going to bash men. I'm sorry, my neighbor is leaving and it's kind of loud. But when I saw the title, I was like, ooh, is this a book about men needing a man up and like talking about, you know, like kind of dogging out men and talking about a time when men used to be men and how now they're not. That's what I expected just from the title. Okay, he's back. Okay, we got right. you. Okay. You get to go now. <laughs> that was a little ghetto, but you know, <laughs> me and coming through just talking about being ghetto. Yeah, <laughs> you listen, but you're coming through nice and clear now, and it looks like we're a okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good to go. Um. All right. So I was saying something, and you guys asked me a question, and then it just it cut off. Well, we can pick up from the questions. You want to go ahead and do that, Danny? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, let, I, I say we do that too. Um, so I do have a question for you. Um, okay. So uh, let's see, where do I want to start? You said there was something I read in the book and you highlighted the need for men to strategically remove themselves. Now, we are situated in the manosphere. And are you familiar with what the manosphere is? I am, yes. Okay, so although we're female cr content creators, we are female content creators in the manosphere. And mm -hmm. being affiliated with the manosphere, there are several movements that um, that are also attached to the manosphere. Some of those movements being SYSBM, meaning Save Yourself Black Man, and another movement being Passport Bros. I wanted to know, in you saying that men need to be able to strategically remove themselves. Do you support either one of those movements? And what are your thoughts on those movements? Okay, so um, from my understanding, there are two separate movements, um, the Save Yourselves Black Men and then the Passport Bros. So if you read my a lot of my uh, Facebook material, then you probably saw that me and I call them uh, Travel Kings, right? It's a play on words, but um, I'm not in support of traveling to get other women if you feel that, if you have to put down women where you are, if that makes sense. So if you, if you are naturally exploring the world, I've traveled the world, I've been to 12 countries, but 
if I met someone out in, let's say, Spain or wherever, if I just naturally met them on my journey on life, then that's okay. But if I'm out there saying, oh, I have to go there because the women where I am are trash completely and I can't find one woman, then it changes things a little bit because at some point there has to be some type of self-reflection on why can't there's no good women. You know, statistics say that there's 160 million women in the U.S. That's what the stats say. And you're saying that out of all that, you can't find one. So the thing is, I support men traveling. I support definitely having experiences. But if you have to put down someone to achieve your goal, then no, I don't support that. Okay. Thank you for your response. I do just want to clarify really quick. So I follow you on Instagram. I was not familiar with your Facebook post. So this was not a bait question. So I didn't see no, your no. comments and wanted to kind of bait you. So I do did want to clarify that. No, that's okay. Okay. And I, I want to follow up on that. So you said there's 160 million um, women in the world and you support men traveling, but if they are downing the women, then you kind of see it as a, a opportunity for self-reflection. What I want to know is you have a lot of men in support of the passport bro movement in support of SYSBM also in support of the manosphere. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those type of men? Because those type of men have kind of gotten together they're comparing experiences a lot of them are saying that they've had this experience with western women and when they go to other places they're comparing one experience to another and they're saying that the experiences that they're having elsewhere outside of the west has been totally different um and it seems to be way more beneficial and they seem happier what would you say to those men <laughs> my thing is this across the world, women are women. Across all boards, women are women. The only thing is there are women in different situations, right? So if you live in a different culture, different background, obviously family, uh, your take on things might be different. But at the end of the day, all I, I had this saying on Facebook that all women want the same thing, but all women don't like the same things, you know? So you can, you can go to Spain, you can go to, you know, Europe, you can go to Asia. Women are women. You know, you can say, okay, I had a better experience with this particular woman. And, and that individual experience might've been better. But at the same time, that woman in Asia, she wants the same security that the woman in America wants. It might be at a different level. It might be certain things. Like I said, see, all women want security, but guess what? All women like different things, right? So this woman might like this. This woman might, might like that. But at the end of the day, all women are hardwired to like to want the same thing. So I don't, I don't, I, I would say this. I'm support men traveling for sure. I travel, but like I said, the, the passport bros message is geared wrong i think it's not geared in the right direction it's based in hatred for one to uplift another so you think I that agree. they simp for foreign women versus what they would do in comparison to western women correct correct because at, at the end of the day you have to say okay 
everyone had a bad experience romantically. Get in line. You know, it's not just you. It's not. It's not just okay. I had this bad because there's a lot of this uh, Pookie and Ray Ray, you know, talk as well. You know, um, oh Pookie and Ray Ray get the best of everything, and we have to suffer, and we have to be. It's like, well, why do you have to suffer? You know, why? Why is your experience uh, so terrible? And that's and that's why I wrote the book when men were men because every man has to self reflect and ask why. There's a reason behind it. Now, now we can get in particulars about you know what sexually turns on women. You know, not not trying to get all that into your program, but uh, we could talk about particular things of why this woman might be turned on by whatever. But wait, hold up, Jay. JC, hold up. Okay. I wanted you to know that concrete is approved. So I want you to be very careful when you're talking about. <laughs> Don't listen to anything she says. <laughs> when, when you're talking about, just keep okay. in mind. Okay. All you right. Can, you I can got speak you. freely. Please speak freely. <laughs> so we could talk about certain things that women are attracted to, right? But at the end of the day, if you're being the best man that you can be and you're focusing on yourself, you should be able to attract a reasonable woman. You shouldn't have to necessarily go overseas to say, my best bet is I have to go overseas. And that's that's my thing is passport pros feeling like my last savior and hope is going to another country elsewhere. Another, and I'm gonna say this last point, and I'll give it back to you. People are not focusing on, okay, if I'm traveling somewhere where women are feminine or they're more agreeable, they're cooperating. You have to ask yourself as a man, why are they more feminine? You know, there's something about that place or something about the men there, the culture there that's making them, quote unquote, more feminine. So what what, are, what does it say about the men where you are? Right. You know, so that's that's kind of my, my take. On it. I, I understand I'm what I'm you're saying. I'm sorry. I was saying I what you're saying and where you're going with your message, especially when it is um, promoted that that's the only option. Like I am of the mindset that even if it was promoted as an option, okay. But when it's promoted that this is right. the only option and only way to, you know, uh, obtain happiness is to go to these third world underdeveloped countries and find, you know, someone who is feminine because maybe they're subjugated or in an oppressed culture or whatever have you, um, I can see why that would raise red flags or be questionable because it's presented as the only option. And I do think you raise some valid questions um, mm -hmm. personally. I want to also chime in to say, okay, if you have a bunch of men that are traveling and they're dealing with um, women who do have a, a different culture, what do you expect men to do about women that are unruly? Um, men have said that we are the most overweight. Um, they said they're able to basically um, have sex with dimes without half the work. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely not a lot of the work that they would have to put into in U.S. culture to get this um, a, a better version of what they would so-called want. What do you say right. in regards to that? Because a lot of men are saying, okay, well, the women in America, if I want to have sex with a dime or if I want to deal with a dime, I'm having to jump through so many hoops to get 
a quality woman over here versus if I go over there, yeah, I may be able to spend $40 and she's a dime. She's doing everything I want her to do sexually, not yeah, half the work. Um, what do you say in regards to that? That's forty dollars, though. <laughs> forty dollars. Um, well, here's the thing: in life, you're gonna pay either way. You're gonna pay on the front end, or you're gonna pay on the back end, mm. right? So, regardless, you can say all day, okay? Are there? Are, let's be real. Are there um, unruly women in America? Are there women who, quote unquote, are selfish, who have no concern for others? Yes, there are. Right. At the same time, are all the women unruly? Are all the women selfish? Are all the women unloving? No, that's not the case. So you you're paying quote unquote thousands of dollars for a ticket to go el go elsewhere, uh, you know, a round trip or whatever. You're still paying. You can see it as oh, I only had to do half the work. How many how many overtime shifts did you have to work to get the ticket? Mm, you know, that's a good you have to point. ask yourself certain questions that's why i'm saying that you're going to pay either way you can say once i get there i only have to show that i'm american or i only have to be x y and z you still pay regard yes you still have to pay fees all that stuff luggage whatever you still accommodations um where you're staying at lodging you still had to pay either way right so in the book you see that i talk about being dominant being a you know being that type of man a man creates the environment that he dwells in. So obviously, as we operate in modern society, there's going to be things we disagree with. There are going to be things that we're not on board with. But guess what? I don't have to deal with the unruly women. I don't have to deal with the women that talk at me nasty. I don't have to deal with the women that are so selfish. They're not in my world. So when I see that they're unruly, when I see that they're not appreciative, Yes. Okay. They ha they don't have access to me anymore. I don't understand. But let's a lot of these men who are complaining. The real truth is a lot of them have situations where yes, a woman was unruly to them, but they still went along with it. They still you know wanted to deal with her. They still wanted the, they still wanted the validation that they got from her looks, body, persona, uh, presence. I have a, I have a question, and this is I want to take it back to the book. So in your book, you said, and quote, um, an entity in power uh, will never respect you, end quote. Um, so if the, well, in, in this sector, it's often said that the Black community is a matriarchal community. If that is the case, um, will Black men, can Black men ever truly have the respect of Black women? You know, we talk about black women being unruly. We talk about black women being aggressive. We talk about black women being disrespectful, you know, not respecting black men, you know, being uh, there being a competition between black men and black women, black men, women being so independent and, you know, essentially they view themselves as equal to black men. Um, mm. And there are a, variety of factors as to why that might be. But if the black community truly is a matriarchy with the status quo, can black men ever truly be respected by black women? In your opinion? I, I feel like they can be, but based on, I would say this, 
something only has the power you give it right so at the end of the day you know you know individually or collectively that woman that you're complaining about she has the power because you gave it to her and you're okay with it psychologically whether you want to admit it or not you're okay with it so i'm you know like i said each black man has to look at himself and say okay what kind of environment do i want what kind of women do i want around me what kind of women do am i going to deal with so i don't look at it more as oh the black community is it's all hopeless no each man has to say okay unruly women you know i'm not going to deal with it i'm not going to um put myself in a situation even in environments where i know unruly women might be i'm not going to go there i'm not going to attend i'm not going to be a part of it and bless them with my presence i'm going to you know uh subtract myself so wouldn't you say that that's what because I, I i actually have a follow-up question to what she uh -oh. said and i also have a follow-up to what you just said so with men um black men saying as a collective they're not mm -hmm. dealing with black women of certain communities they're just not dealing and they're saying we're gonna do a mass exodus we're leaving mm -hmm. personally and this is something that i've said personally to to black men if you're not getting the results that you want from women don't deal with um a certain type if you're not getting the desired results stop dealing with them but we're not going to take you serious until we know we don't have that option when we mm. know we don't have a certain option then nine times out of ten either we'll acquiesce or we'll have to do what we have to do and right. a lot of men kind of took that statement and i'm like you know they told me i was right i want to know what your opinion is on that if if men saying you know if you do what you do we're not going to deal with you we're leaving what do you say to that if they're if they're doing that if they're saying that they're leaving but they're going off to different lands and foreign countries to do it i mean it, it goes back to what we said earlier about them leaving going to a different place where they feel like things are better right it's it's to me it's like this your home might be a mess you want to go into the neighbor's home because it's nice why not fix your home what why but, what's wrong well let's let's talk about that and i'm glad you I, brought that up because i, that, I actually um wrote down something in regards mm. to that if you're talking about men that are actually qualified to lead men who didn't create single mothers men who aren't responsible for messing up a community um saying that they sold drugs they were into pimping they were into whoring they were into uh <laughs> the, they were they weren't the dregs of society but they're educated they're smart they know how to manage money why should they be responsible for fixing a community that they didn't destroy because all the because all the quote-unquote women that they say is responsible for tearing down a community are not um didn't do anything dis destructive right mm -hmm. so and this goes back to like i said um compartment compartmentalizing things I'm see look look at it look at it this way. I'm a writer. I'm an author. You know, I told you earlier that I'm executive producing an album, right? I'm I'm living my life. And this is what I talk about in the book. Living my life. I'm in my lane. I'm dominating my so guess what? The women that like authors, we date. <laughs> I'm not worried about no Pookie, no Ray Ray. I'm not worried about no man that you know unfortunately there are men who quote unquote created single mothers or whatever and they they you know there are uh, destructive situations 
But guess what? Because I'm focused on myself and my lane, I'm not worried about what no Pookie and Ray Ray did. I'm not worried about uh, the women that are attracted to quote unquote Pookie and Ray Ray. I'm worried about me. And then, you know, once I get serious or towards marriage with a woman, we create the environment that's for us. When we say things like, you know, oh, I'm not going to fix up a community that I didn't tear down. Well, you, you're still contributing to it. If you just walk away, you feel like, oh, the best option is just a mass exodus. Like I said, if you naturally meet a woman while you're on vacation or while you're on business uh, and you're abroad or you're um, overseas, hey, live your life. That's what happened. That's the love story that took place. And, you know, you're satisfied with that. Excellent. But when you're saying, oh, this woman's down, I'm going to put this woman down. I'm going to go over here because the women are better. You got to ask yourself, why? Why are they better? Why there's so much better over there? Like I said, and you're paying either way, whether you realize it or not. I agree. And you know what? The other thing about that is, too, like, I don't know, like, you know, if we if we say it, you know, it's going to be subjective. If I personally say um, what I feel has destroyed the black community is, you know, drugs and crime. What percentage of the black community is involved in drugs and crime? It's not the majority of the black community, no. number one. Right. In addition, you're saying that, but you're willing to go and invest in a community that, you know, did not pour into you with during your upbringing that you have no affiliation or attachment to you're willing right. to give all of your 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 wealth and everything that you've worked hard for you're willing to marry into another community and leave all of that and all of your legacy to an entirely different community that you otherwise have no affiliation or attachment to like how much right. sense does that make you're willing to build up and build into and pour into an entirely different community that you otherwise have no attachment to like, huh? You're going to be building into, pouring into and building some community. Why mm -hmm. wouldn't it be the community that you're from and of? Well, let me, let me say this. And then JC, I want you to respond to both of us. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then when it comes down to, let's say you do have guys that were undesirable at a certain point when they were younger. Mm -hmm. and the community basically treated them like shit because they were undesirable and mm -hmm. we know pretty privilege and handsome we we've seen it we've all seen it um but so then the community has not not only have not poured into them they weren't celebrated they weren't uplifted we dogged them out we talked shit about them if they were ugly if they were smelly if they couldn't <laughs> dress we all talked shit about them so mm -hmm. then as a community, we didn't actually pour into them. But then I guess what I'm looking at is as a community, if we didn't pour into, into somebody, what are we really expecting from them when they get to a certain point? And when the, I'm not going to necessarily say that the tables have turned because not every ugly, not every um, attractive person um, turned out to be a Pookie or a Ray Ray or didn't become successful in life. Right. And not to say, you know, that they didn't become successful. So I guess what I'm saying is if we didn't pour into them, what exactly should we expect from them if we didn't uplift and celebrate them at a certain point? Okay, so there are there legit stories where young black men definitely felt abandoned. They felt like they weren't included. They felt like they were uncool. They felt like they were not part of the clique, right? And um, yes, it happens. Guess in a, in a way it happened to all of us at exactly. some point. But Black women yeah. too. 
Yes, women too, right? Women have those stories too. And, but particularly the young black men or the men that's older now saying, hey, well, they picked on me, they talked about me, they treated me like trash or, but that happened to a lot of men. That happened to a ton of black men. At the same time, we talk about older oh, community that pour into me this way. Most importantly, as a man, you gotta pour into yourself. And as you pour into yourself, as you pour into yourself, I think that attracts others to you, right? So, like I said, for me personally, I have my own lane. There be there's going to be some women they don't like authors. That's okay, <laughs> you know. I I adjust well. I'm not. It's it's kind of like this is how I kind of feel like some of the men that a lot of the men there are complaining. They're they they say, hey, I need to investigate why you don't like me instead of just going to where I'm liked or getting with a sister that likes them for who they are and how they, how they naturally are. I'm not worried about the popular girl who reject, you know, well, you shouldn't be worried about the popular girl that rejected you. Oh, you know, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just have to say this real quick and I'm gonna let you go, Danny. The thing is like, I I'm starting to see um, the narrative of um, I was picked on as a cop out because do you know how many um, kids are picked on? Like literally that is a, like it is literally seen as a normal part of childhood. There are a myriad of psych uh, psychology articles of, um, you know, articles from educators, books from educators that say that that is a teasing and bullying is a normal part of childhood. Literally mm -hmm. so much so that uh, approximately 200,000 kids per day miss school because of bullying and teasing. Mm -hmm. It is a normal part. Like, and you don't see people from other communities saying, I was mm -hmm. teased. Why you don't see white people saying, I white men saying I was teased, so I'm not pouring into white communities. You don't see Asian people saying, I was teased, so I'm not pouring into Asian communities. It is a normal part of childhood. No one is unscathed. Like right. that can't cannot be your reason for saying, I, I'm leaving this community and I want nothing else to do with it because I was teased as a child. There is, I was teased my entire childhood. I don't know a person. I don't know one person. Let me tell you something. I don't know one person, one person, save for children that are, can't talk yet, that hasn't been teased as a child. That's not one. I guess I what I'm, I, I guess how I'm looking at it is you will go past childhood and you, so you get past childhood and let's say you never learned how to dress or you never learned how to get a proper haircut and things that <laughs> <laughs> um, a certain type of woman, because I, I think a lot of our culture is different from a lot of women's culture. Um, what may matter to an Instagram model over here may not be the same thing that an attractive woman on the, if they're on the same attraction skill, it may not matter to a woman if he's wearing um, buddies or uh, he's got his Wranglers and his uh, USPA uh, polo shirt on. That may not be a thing, but a dime over here is going to look at him and say, you got that raggedy ass shirt on. Look at those <laughs> raggedy shoes. Nigga, you, you and Wranglers, what we going to do? And, you know, the guy may have the money and everything and he may have resources, but a lot of women aren't willing to look 
um, beyond the surface to, right. to actually get even to in that. adulthood, right? In right. adulthood, and so then you know, then the men are like, well, you know, um, they may still be a little socially awkward, and you know, they may have may have still have some issues, but if the playing field is a bit more level and they have a greater chance in getting the type of women that they would want. You know, I guess I, I'm kind of under the thing like I got mine, so I'm I'm good. Do what y'all want to do. I got mine. Right. But then, you know, I know a lot of single women and then trying to explain to guys, okay, well, women aren't really, you know, and I, I kind of agree with you, JC, that women are women are women. And I think Concrete agrees as well. We've been making Absolutely. these same arguments for yes. last years, years. Yes, literally years. We've been making the same argument. Women are women are women. But I always also want to present like their side because we've been here and we hear it time and time and time again. And so, yeah. you know, just to present. And, and we, want, we like to have balanced conversation. And that's important. They really and truly like we love black men and we do think it's important to advocate for them and advocate for their talking points at least to give voice to the you know their their complaints or their common concerns and that is important i i right. I, I find it to be important too even in moments where i don't necessarily 100 agree with the points yeah and i love to hear um things from men who may have opposing views to kind of get a fuller picture because we're in this space we generally hear one view one view one view and so yeah to get a whole pie one band pie. one sound baby over here <laughs> Absolutely. everything y'all said is on point and um as i said you know hey look at me you know I'm, I'm smiling at you i have this gap i'm sure you see it on camera right i've had it since obviously forever yes i got picked on about it of course they i got teased about it i got you know what I'm saying? i had to take those licks but at the end of the day because of how i feel about myself I'm smiling, you know what I'm saying? And hey, some women love it. So <laughs> I've had a woman say, hey, I want to have your, your gap tooth babies, right? <laughs> so it's, but 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 what made her say that? Why? Because she see how I love myself, how I'm vested in me. Therefore, I can pour out back out to her. I'm not worried about, you know, someone saying, oh, you got this wrong or that wrong. We all have things. If you read, you, know, you read the book. So I talk about how, there's something called the second childhood, mm. right? Where I, I'm, I'm referring to men, but it can refer to people where people grow up, they're mad about their, their childhood, they're mad about getting picked on, they're mad that they weren't the freshest, the flyest in school. They're mad that they didn't have all the swag in the world. But you, so what they do is they become super successful in their 30s, 40s, 50s or whatever. And now they're trying to replay their childhood Right. They're trying to relive and say as if they're going to have some type of uh, revenge on the people that picked on them. Right. Yes. So what they do is they and how this plays out is people like to show off on social media. Now, I get it. We all kind of do that to a certain extent. But I'm talking about the people that go overboard showing off what's going on with them in life to an, to an extent where it's like, wow, what is there? Is that person OK? Because they're trying to prove a point to the people that picked on them. I'm better than you now. Ha, ha, ha. I got it now, etc. When they should just be living their life. They should just be out here. 
enjoying their life for for what it is now. We all got it. I got it too. Like I didn't have the freshest haircut at times. I didn't look at this beard. This beard wasn't always, you know, like this. And it's kind of You ain't patches no more. <laughs> you I have a question relating to that, but I know we got to re read the super chats, but I can tell you, I was picked on two called star crunch face because I had pimples on my face and you know, like who wasn't, I mean, that was a part of growing up. Let me tell you something. It gave me tough skin, baby, because you can't hurt my feelings. There's really nothing you can say about me that I haven't already acknowledged about myself and baby, I'm fine. I don't care what you say. Like, you know, or <laughs> Well, let me read the super chats. Um, shout out to MGTOW University. He says, does he really think we don't live in a land filled with unruly women? Do you think that, uh, author JC? Well, if you uh, heard me earlier, you said that I was acknowledging that, yes, some women are unruly. Some women are selfish. Some women don't appreciate nothing you do for them. Some women don't care how kind you are to them. They're still going to just um this be di dismissive so i'm not saying that we don't that they're that i'm not saying that they they are not there what i'm saying is that every woman is not unruly every woman does it's not selfish every woman is not unloving there has to be in 160 million women someone got to be good some of them got to be decent some of them have to be reasonable now yes is there a culture that has to be acknowledged that yeah on social media and that's another thing too like i said things have power because you gave them power we give social media too much credit at times you know we have to live life in the real world so yes there's a lot of bs on social media i always say that the internet is 90 percent projection right so of course there's going to be some woman making a video on TikTok, being unruly she cursing she's saying i don't give a f about this i don't give a f about that i'm just here to f I'm, there's some video right now that's viral with a with a girl saying i just want the bag i don't care about your feelings i don't care about nothing i just want the hey but here's but here's the thing if you if you are a man dominant in your life you're not even paying attention to her you're not worried about her you don't care what she got going on but guess what if you're if you are so if you have an insecure spirit, then you're always going to focus on, see, this is why we do this. This is why we do that. This is why, because you're so focused on, you know, something that you're giving power to. So that, that's my take on that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Shout out to Eisen Sama. Thank you, Eisen. He says, yes, I love it. You niggas got to alpha your way through it and hope that hope the broads change it's not grown folks responsibility to get themselves right um thank you so much for that eisen and a shout out to migtow universe he said all that sounds fine until pookie and man man or his spawn from hell wants to rob you we don't live in silos um what do you think about that okay is there unfortunate crime? Is there unfortunate dangers in life? Yes, I, I acknowledge this as well. But at the same time, you're not at the same time. This is what I say in the book as well. We have to prepare ourselves for such things. We're not, you know, we're not going to always know. But my, my thing is, it my why are you even focusing on a Pookie and Ray Ray robbing you? Like, why is that a central thought in your I head? It could be because he lives in the ghetto. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you need to work to get out that ghetto, right? Mm-hmm. You need to work to get out the out that ghetto. And I'm not saying that's easy, but there are stories of many people transitioning, getting educated or whatever, out of you know their circumstances, right? So that's okay. that, that's that's my take on that. You know. Got you. I'm laughing because um, you know when you talk about people leaving the ghetto, it's like. Yeah, but I still got to look at the ghetto and talk about it. God damn it. And you can't stop me from talking about the ghetto, even though I'm not there, even though I don't want anything to do with it. You can't stop me from talking about these hood rat holes. Mm -hmm. I love doing it. That's their focus. (laughs) Even though they're gone and they're happy and they've moved on to greener pastures and they're moving on up, they done moved to the east side, baby. They cannot keep their mouth off the ghetto. Mm -hmm. Obsessed. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to MGTOW what? Universe again. He says, when you're the leader, they assimilate to your ways of thinking as well. Filipinos, as an example, has learned English as a second language after all. Who hasn't? Um, like, what? What? Like, that's not, um, they're a third world country. Filipinas have learned English as a second language because um, capitalism and there are so many corporations that send jobs over there and pay them $3 an hour to take calls. Like, you think they learned that for black men? Y'all, baby, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> let me tell you something. Y'all have this very priestly way of viewing yourselves, and I ain't even mad at it. Go ahead, King. Mm, they learned. She learned it for you. <laughs> Stop doing it. Shout out to Marquise Nine One Two. He says American women have more resources and safety nets than men. Wick EBT Section Eight are all fail safes from bad behavior. They aren't better, just more supported. What are your thoughts in regards to that statement, JC? This uh, this person might be where I'm from. I see the 912. I'm not sure if that's the area code that he's referring to, but um, I'm from a um, small town called Hinesville, Georgia. So I don't know if he's uh, from that area. But uh, okay, I'm, I'm rereading it just for my own. Um, have more resources. In, okay. <laughs> why do they have more resources right he says the the section eight are fail safes for bad behavior they aren't better just more supported to me you're comparing yourself to the woman it's, it's as if you're saying you want the the support too like you want to be in her place almost or you want mm-hmm. to take over what she's getting from said resource once again in the book being dominant. When you're dominant, you're not caring about getting uh, support from another group or, you know, getting something from someone else. You're worried about establishing your own, establishing your own environment. Whatever you have to do to do such, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to focus on. I'm not focused on Keisha getting wick. I'm not focused on someone, uh, the neighbor down who has Section 8. That has nothing to do with me. That's not helping me. That's not helping my situation. That's not going to attract the woman that I want ultimately. That I think you made some uh, really, really interesting points. Um, because uh, when we, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. When we've uh, talked about um, women actually being able to get resources and the resources not being as open to men, 
I've always kind of had a premonition that men are a little bit jealous of women because um, those things seem to come easier for women. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes down to men being men, a man, you know, we will have a thought process like men shouldn't be looking for handouts. But then you do have men that have been in certain situations to where they actually need the help and mm. the help just isn't there. And they've had to work their way through it while you'll have women who will look down on these same men and say, well, you ain't shit. You ain't this. You ain't that. All the while um, utilizing benefits from different sources. So a lot of times in our in our community, it's too much comparison, you know, the black woman gets this, the black man gets that, the black woman gets whatever. It's too much of that going on mm. where I'm not, I can't, I'm not focusing on being my best so that I can bring the best to you. I'm focused on what you're doing and what you're getting so that I'm now I am jealous of it. I am feeling some type of way about uh, said resources that you might be getting from a, another source. But, but, as I say in a book about men building themselves, you you'll be able to love a woman because you love yourself, but you won't. You can't say you love yourself if you're so focused on what she has. It's almost as if you're saying you want to be her in a way. So if, if you so focus on what she's getting and what she has and what she might be getting, not even that she that she's getting some. Sometimes people think, oh, this woman, she getting all this stuff from such and such. You don't even know the situation. But you're like I said, Internet's 90 percent, 90 percent projection. So, you know, we judge it that way. And the interesting thing is I saw where Eisen was saying, well, he doesn't want his tax dollars to go to that. Well, we don't get to dictate where our tax dollars go. I didn't want my tax dollars going to Ukraine because I felt that 40 plus billion dollars going to a foreign nation when we're over here and eggs cost $15 a card and we barely scraping by is absolutely ludicrous. But, you know, less than 15 percent of your taxes go to welfare. But what about corporate welfare? What about you know, all the foreign aid. What about all the other things that your taxes go to that a bigger percentage of your taxes are being spent, you know, for? In addition, Black women aren't even the largest recipients of welfare benefits. So, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Okay. Um, shout out to Mr. So hey, babe. Um, he says so success is the best revenge. It's not for the impatient, though. Um, babe, I think you have a really good point there. Um, I agree. But some things do take time, honey. Diamonds, honey. They do take time to build. Um, shout out to Marquise912. Thank you so much, Marquise. He says, y'all are talking about these brothers leaving, but these very same talking points apply to people who immigrate to the U.S. Um, JC, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. That's very interesting. <laughs> I mean, people are coming to the place that you're trying to leave. Right. So it, I, I would say if I'm trying to leave and a man's trying to come where I am, shouldn't there, shouldn't there be some type of reflection on, OK, why is this man trying to come where I am and I'm trying to escape? See, the like I said before, we it's this. I don't like the passport bro saying this is our only option. Like this. There's no hope. There's no there's no um, no other rescue. We have to do this particular thing to get married or get women when you have men who are dying to come to the u.s you have men applying every day to come to the u.s 
they maybe they already got families. Maybe they already got you know their own situation. So I, it's it's interesting that he would say that particular part uh, applies to people who immigrant immigrate to the U.S. I mean, someone's coming to where you you desperately want to leave. Why? But I, I feel the same way about those who are trying to immigrate to the U.S. Fix, stay and fight and battle and fix your own country, just like I would feel like Black men need to fight to fix their own communities. I have the same mindset about those who are uh, uh, immigrate, who are illegal immigrants to the U.S. Uh, I feel like committing a crime to break into a country as opposed to, you know, um, protesting or, you know, revolting or whatever you have to do in your own country to fix the you know infrastructure of the country in which you're running from is a, a far better and more appropriate option to me so what i said would still apply to those illegally entering the country absolutely did you see my uh status about I said all well, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say the full thing because I'm gonna see if you remember it. I said all y'all do is maybe you remember that start off. Oh, I only follow you on IG. Okay, okay and that. tell me the status child, because I be drunk half the time. Don't pay me no money. <laughs> all, right. all right, I all right, I'm gonna say it. So brace your ears. Go ahead, go ahead. You got you you free. Okay, I was talking about. Like we talking about the password bros and all the all the movements or whatever. I said all y'all do is jack off, even when there's no lotion, and talk Not about women. And, and the second part, and and talk about women you don't want. Mm. Why are you so focused on women you don't want? Why? Why? I don't. That's not the mind of a man. A dominant man doesn't focus on what he doesn't want. If you if you if you if you don't want to date single moms. Why you focus on a single mom? Why you focus on the actions, the the daily life of a single mom? If you if that's not your thing, if that's not your um your goal, why are you so focused on what they're doing? You don't want her, right? She's undesirable, right? So why are we so focused on that? Why are we so that's not the mind of a man? You're that so ties into my next comment that I've been trying to get out. My next question that i've been trying to get out i was wait trying to wait for us to finish reading the super chats go ahead danny go ahead, i'll go ahead. wait I, I can hold baby on. it's gonna be a long day <laughs> uh, that's all right I, 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 I'm I, we'll try to be mad as hell with you uh jc <laughs> <laughs> mm -mm. i didn't even come trying to troll this morning i was like i'm gonna be on my best behavior and look at you <laughs> it's not even my fault today Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to Roman King. He says masculinity is unwavering integrity. Masculinity is having resolve. Masculinity is overcoming conflicts of oneself and their environment. Masculinity is unique and genuine from one male to the next. Um, Roman King, I think you have an excellent point and thank you so much for your super chat. Um, great points. Um, shout out to Uncle Stu again. Thank you so much, Uncle Stu. He says, look up Stephanie Perry, the largest female YouTuber teaching black women to get their passports. Please explain, please. Um, Uncle Stu, we're going to definitely have to dive off into uh, Miss yeah, Stephanie. I heard of her. Me either. Um, and that's it. Okay. So I wanted to ask about, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with, um, or do you know what red pill is? Like red 
Are you, do you have an understanding? Okay. So um, my thing is like a lot of, you know, from my understanding, you, you, we're, we talked earlier about how the book is essentially about harnessing your power. Um, but a lot of blue pill men who have not harnessed their power, once they realize that um, they, um, what they've re they feel like they've been duped once they realize that this the, they feel like the deck is stacked against them and they come into consciousness and real and feel like the deck is stacked against them and as a result they feel like they become very angry and they're angry with women and you know it's a in some instances, it can be a very unhealthy anger that they develop with women. And that becomes like the driving force for uh, a lot of what we're seeing in, you know, these movements that are popping up and a lot, not necessarily the movements, a lot of the content that we're seeing um, and especially what we see go viral and in, in what's going mainstream. And I wanted to know like what your thoughts are on men who feel like they've been duped, who feel like so, in some ways they've been had by a system who, where, that, you know, has indoctrinated them, indoctrinated them to believe that, you know, women are inherently good, that women are faithful, women are, you know, all things good, and they weren't really didn't real don't really have didn't have an understanding of female nature until they came into consciousness and feel like you know they're angry because they feel like they've been had and taken for a ride all right so i i'm gonna try to break this down uh the best way i can and this is my opinion it's not anyone else's no one else's opinion right i started listening to red pill i would say 2016 2017 mm -hmm. Right. At that time, Red Pill was about knowledge. Right. It was about I'm just teaching you uh, knowledge based on the environment, women, things like that. The Red Pill today is completely different than what it was. I would even say three years ago, four years, four years ago. Pre pandemic, Red Pill was more about knowledge, getting yourself together, focusing on becoming a better man you know, knowledge yourself, et cetera. Post pandemic, it's, it's become something else. It's become woman hatred. About women. <laughs> you are, <laughs> women are the enemy. You know, that's the, 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 the motto today. So with that said, as they say in the, in the community, red pill, the red pill community, there are a lot of men stuck in the red pill rage part of it. Right. So as we learn about women and women's nature, the thing is this, don't be mad at the woman for that, right? There's no need to be mad about, be mad at what you were taught, right? Be mad at people who might've lied to you. Be mad at maybe, I would say this, because look, I grew up in a church, right? I grew up, but guess what? Everybody who was in that church didn't teach things that were, you know, that you could apply to the real world. I can't be mad at the world. I got to be mad at the people who might have been in that system, right? Or cult or whatever. So I would say the men that are stuck in red pill rage, don't be mad at the woman. Be mad at what you were taught before learning about women. If you were taught, oh, all women are sugar and spice and everything nice, 
Is that what you were taught? Be mad at what you were taught. Don't be mad at the woman. Now that you have quote unquote knowledge about how things could really go, because anybody can be finessed, no matter who you are, right? Don't be mad at the woman. Be mad at what you might have been explained to before. That's obviously you can't apply to real life. And and and, be, and I would say even even this. Be grateful that now you're wiser. Now you're smarter. Now you know how to move more. Now you know how to respect yourself more. And let's be real. A lot of a lot of times these red pill guys. I say this on Facebook all the time. You worship. You worship vagina. You worship the IG models. But you're mad that they're not giving you the attention you want back. You're mad that they're not responding to you back or there's certain type of women that online that might be attractive to you. You worship her looks, right? You worship her aesthetics. But the problem is you're not taking the knowledge for what it is. You're not even being grateful for the new knowledge that you're coming into. So anybody can be finessed. Like I said, there's bad women, there's good women right find who works for you find who's in who's congruent with your program mm. thank you i i appreciate that thank you it makes perfect sense um shout out to danica marie thank you so much lady for your super you chat for definitely appreciate you honey um welcome 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 um jc i have a question for you um so in the book you mentioned that um Passive like to look at women. You mentioned that passive men like to look at women as equals, not for their benefit, but to give them more responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, so how should men view women that want to be seen as equals? How should men view women that that want to be seen as equals? Yes. Okay. <laughs> good. Good question. The thing is this. See. When the man's looking at the woman as an equal and then the woman wants to be an equal, you what you, you're going to have competition. You're always going to be saying, well, I'm better at this. I'm better at that. See, the, the man that wants to provide you, you or want not even just provide because provision is a lot of things. It's like, you know, 20 different things. You, you can't exactly view the woman as equal because you want to be responsible for the woman. But if you're looking at her as an equal, then you're going to be saying, well, hey, you need to be responsible for all these things. And you're not going to want to do that for her. So if the woman wants to be looked at it as an equal, you have to say, OK, this potentially could be a problem. Good point. Um, really good point, um, because you have um, and we we're, we're, we live in Georgia and yeah, I'm from Georgia. OK, I, I'm from Mississippi. And what I've noticed about Georgia, Georgia probably has the biggest population of like boss chicks, especially as black <laughs> women. Um, I've never seen a major city like Georgia. Georgia is like home of the boss bitch. And it's like a hustle thing. And a lot of women are looking to be like a power couple and not necessarily competitive with each other, but they want to be able to compete with other people. And I don't think that a lot of men in our culture kind of grasp the power couple culture or structure. Mm -hmm. And so when women are like, well, I bring, I'm educated. And you know, a lot of women will talk about them being educated. They're entrepreneurs, yada, 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 and all the things. But a lot of men seem to get offended by that because it's like, you're throwing your education in my face. You're trying to compete with me versus us coming together in, mm -hmm being able to compete with other 
couples. Absolutely. What do you you think about that? Uh, Well, people have different definitions of power couples, uh, you know, things of things of that nature. I would say that, see, and, and I talk about this in the book after When Men Were Men and the women's book, The Day She Learned Chess, where I tell women that it's not the activity, right, that takes away from you being feminine. It's the spirit of within you of why you want such. So it's like you going to school, you going to do your thing, you're in business. That doesn't make you masculine. It's the spirit behind that of why you're doing it that makes you masculine. So if you feel like, well, I'm just as good or better than you because I have such a B and C, that's what's making you masculine. It's not the fact that you're doing things to better your life. Do you think though that a man who has um, harnessed his power, that uh, you know, a man who has truly harnessed his power, that it, it, that he would be threatened by a woman who is, you know, a go getter, who is career oriented, who is, you know, in corporate or you know, is a hustler and has that drive and ambition just like he does? Do you think that a man who's truly harnessed his power would be threatened by that type of woman with? that same ambition and drive that you see in men? I don't think any man who's truly confident in himself is threatened by what a woman does or or has. It's when she's making it a problem, right? It's it's when if I'm driving the car and you uh, grab over the steering wheel, then it's like, okay, there's an issue there because you're not letting me drive the car. You feel like you got to take over the steering wheel to, you know, uh, help out and you don't. You can just sit back and relax and I'm going to let you still do you and shine. And like I said in the book uh, for women, um, a masculine man, he um, he guides your fire. He doesn't take your shine. Mm. I've heard a lot of men say, though, that, you know, women who are executives, CEOs at the top of their game, you know, on their A game that they don't know how to turn it off. Like when they come home, they still have that boss B energy and they almost want to dominate at home just like they do in the boardroom. So uh, for that reason, and I think, you know, men, uh, some men will generalize and they kind of are turned off by women who, um, have that drive and ambition because of the stereotypes associated with those type of women. I I agree. I the thing is, I'm when you see a woman and she's on her boss, whatever boss bitch or you know boss babe, as they say on a uh, IG and a uh, Facebook, you know I'm a boss bitch, whatever. The thing is, it is a turn off because of the energy behind it, right? Because you're saying I can't be, I'm I can't be congruent with the man because I'm already on my own shit. So that's the problem. It's the perception of it. But I think in in, to, in the totality or the actuality, there's no reason that you should be intimidated by what's actually going on. If you got a successful business, great, awesome. But when it comes to you being in a relationship, tone it down. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to listen, right? Because I tell women this all the time, you choose your leader. You choose the leader. You choose your own leader. So at at, cert, at a certain point, you have to self-reflect and say, why am I choosing a bad leader or a man who can't lead? 
do you think as a masculine man that a lot of women have that boss bitch mentality and are they for for you as a masculine man do you have the same do all re women react the same to you for the most part like if they know you're a masculine man you're standing in your frame do they react to you the same way or do you are you able to tell differences between a woman who would be considered more masculine versus a woman who's always feminine? Cause you know, I always say, we know who to, we know who to fuck with. Um, so we know who to give what types of energy to. Mm. And when it comes down to masculine men, a lot of women will tend to bow down. It's not that much of a power struggle. You, you get what I'm saying? I feel like most women, when they be when they come into the presence of a masculine man and they see how he's operating, they see that you know he's not going for the bullshit, they'll tone it down, they'll they will make an adjustment. At the same yep. time, I have to be real and say there's certain women, no matter how masculine a man is, they're gonna still, you know, buck up. They're still gonna feel like, no, I have to try to dominate you in some fashion or try to find some loophole to um have some leverage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's true. And I was going to say really quickly, um, a lot of men, you know, we talked about like men being picked on when they're younger and, you know, that whole narrative, um, you know, a lot of men don't like the reality that women are attracted to perceived power and you know weakness is a repellent for most men women like if, if a woman deems you to be weak or you know somebody that they can run over sure like she'll get with you like as an adult woman but she's gonna get with you knowing she can run over you but like a lot of men and i've heard a lot of men voice dismay over women being attracted to the bad boys or women being attracted to a certain type and kind of upset that they're socially awkward not confident not fully aware of themselves you know they lack things that would be associated with masculinity traditionally and they're upset that women aren't checking for them and that they have to go to these third world countries to get a woman who is going to just vie for you because you have a passport that says you're an American but mm. it's like it's natural for like literally it's not even a, a, a human thing animals like look at mammals they're going to be attracted to the strongest in the group at least right. who they perceive as and I will give black men this, you know, oftentimes as, uh, you know, I think our depth, perce depth perception is off as black women, because a lot of times we'll think someone is masculine because of this bravado that they have and they're looking tough and they got their pants hanging low and they, you know, doing this whole swag thing and they're not really tough. So I will give men that. But if you don't even present as that and you're awkward and sitting in the corner and scared to open your mouth, like we're like, what the hell? How are you going to protect me? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Uh, great, great point. And I, I, did, I talk about that in the book, right, about, uh, quote unquote, bad boys or, you know, thugs, etc. Um, the bad boy, the thug he has, he he projects a certain powerful sexual energy. Women are going to be attracted to that. Naturally, if you project a very uh, weak presence where and a lot of times men who are dare I say weak, the, the issue is they want credit 
for shit that nobody knows. Uh oh. Right. So if you're in the corner and you're being socially awkward and it's kind of like they want, am I saying the word right? Terapathically or something like that? Telepathically. Okay. Yes. They want women to just know that they have a degree, that they have a nice condo, that they have a, a good job, but women don't know those things. Women are going off what you present about yourself. If your body language is weak, they're going to perceive you as weak. Simple as that. Let me ask mm -hmm. you this, Stacey. Um, so I think within our culture, there are certain things I feel like that is taught in our culture from when we're babies. Mm -hmm. And it's how we perceive bravado, yada, yada, mm -hmm. yada. Men will say that, and, I, and I've heard a lot of passport bros, um, SYSBM, say that even if they aren't perceived as this man with bravado, when they've gone to other countries, they've been respected just because they were men, not because of an energy that they um, had to put on display versus here where a man has to have a certain energy for us to even give him a second look for us to take him seriously. What's your response to that? That's just simply a cultural difference. I don't, like I said, to me, <laughs> women are women. Women are women. Women are women are women, as I, as I say, or as people say. It doesn't, you could say that you went to somewhere else and you didn't have to put on a certain energy or image or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'll say this, that same woman, if she met someone who projected that uh, strong sexual energy, guess what would happen, sir? So that's why they won't bring them back to the US. Oh, okay. <laughs> but exactly. at the same time, can we acknowledge too, though, that there is a um, there is an image of what the black man is. So you, by virtue of you being black, there are assumptions about you. There are stereotypes associated with you because you're a black man. You showing up as a black man in these foreign countries, there is an image of black men that's portrayed around the world. And mm -hmm. there are stereotypes and things that are associated with that image that by virtue of you being a black man and showing up, they're going to be attached to you because you're a black man and you're showing up in a foreign country. And by, you know, you don't have to be any of these things, but people might assume that you are because that's what the media has portrayed you as. That's a good point. That's a great point. They, they, you kind of benefit off of that. So the, the, the image that's portrayed or that's perceived, you if you travel, you're still benefiting from that. Okay. I'm going to read the super chats again. Um, shout out to Black Wizard. He says, the men in Red Pill were info-centered, but they were not wanting to deal with women. The majority of thought-centered content came from MGTOW. Um, thank you so much for that. Are you familiar with MGTOW, um, JC? I have heard of it. Uh, I don't know the, you know, tenants of it and all that, but I, I've heard of it. Okay. And shout out to Black Wizard again. Thank you so much. He says, if someone who holds power over you can never respect you, are women right to be afraid of men who lead? What are your thoughts of that on that? I mean, that's that's a very interesting point. I mean, I, great, great question. Yes. Are women right to be afraid? Yeah, if 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 a woman is 
perceiving you as weak and that you do not have the uh, wherewithal to lead, then you can't blame her for not wanting to give that um, power over to you. But when he talks about our women right to be afraid of men who lead, you talked a lot in your book about masculinity now being viewed as toxic and how now the view of masculinity has been skewed to the point where being a masculine man and, 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 hip, and, and inhabiting masculine traits is almost looked upon as a scary thing in today's society. So, you know, I... I when he talks about our the second half of that, you know, when he asks are, are women right to be afraid of men who lead, it kind of ties back to some of the points that you made in your book in highlighting that true masculinity or traditional masculinity is now even looked upon as toxic. So men who lead from that place of true masculinity, you know, I could see why one would ask the question of, you know, are women right to be afraid of men who lead if they're leading from that traditional space of true man, tr if they're leading from a space of traditional masculinity? The thing is this, in the beginning of the book, I talk about um, when there's clarity, it makes room for success, right? But a lot of times in our society today, there's, a, there's not a lot of clarity. So there's a lot of chaos, right? Talk about this. This is mixing the both books together. The um, where men are men and chess. Basically, we have a lot of chaos. We have a lot of you know crazy situations. Why? Because yes, masculinity is seen as toxic and all these things, and you know bad and narcissistic and all this stuff. So what happens is the woman's mind thinks that masculinity is bad, but the body will always react to masculinity. Mm. Right. That's why a lot of times women say things like, oh, I uh, I want a sensitive guy. I want a nice guy. Right. She gets with that guy and then she's like, ew, she's turned off by it. That's not what she really wanted. So there's a lot of things in our society that's confusing, a lot of confusion uh, that happens because of that. So it's unfortunate. And that's why I'm saying that. Even if, if you are a masculine man, I get it. Today, you, you're seen as a bad. You kind of talked about it. You kind of, but you still got to, you know, um, be strong because at the end of the day, you're going to win. You're the one that's going to have the more preferable situation, regardless. Mm -hmm. True. Great Shout point. out to Uncle Stu, old man on the block. He says, Do you agree black men should date out if they can't find a woman in the black community? I am married, traveled, and I'm married to a black woman. JC, what do you think about that? He says, should uh, should they date out? If they can't find once, see, this is what, I don't know the exact numbers, I'm, but I'm going to guess there's about 25-ish black women, 25 million black women, right? Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to guess that number, a little, maybe a little higher than that. There, You can't find one that's congruent right if you if, if in your immediate environment if you're just saying hey i can't find one that's one thing but in today's world 2023 all these apps all this social media you know um all this access i'm sure 
you could find one if you really wanted to. If you really wanted to put the effort towards finding a black woman, you could. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be immediately running up to you for whatever reason, but I'm not going to say black men should date out. Black men should just do what's best for them. But you shouldn't put down. That's my message is when we want to put down black women and say, you're the worst of the worst. You're the scum of the earth. And I got to go elsewhere to find, you know, uh, whoever, uh, you know, Filipino, et cetera. Um, shout out to Black Wizard again. Thank you so much. He says, if you like leading a relationship, but the woman you want a relationship with is hypercritical and mean, are we saying you should force it so you don't appear intimidated by her to other people? I don't I didn't get that at all. Um, I'm saying, why do you want her? <laughs> Why do you desire this person? And like, and this is what I was saying a lot, what a lot of red pill, and I'm not saying this guy's red pill, what a lot of red pill men don't want to admit is, yes, I tolerate her disrespect because I'm so infatuated with her looks. I'm so into what she looks like. I get the social validation from her, from her body, from how she dresses. I don't want to give that up. I'm talking as if I'm them right now. I don't want to give that up. All the boys, they dap me up all day. Oh, she's so bad. I love that validation. Even though behind the scenes, she might be disrespecting me. She might be dismissive. She never does anything for me. That's the truth of the matter in many modern situations. So if you're saying you want to lead a relationship, but the woman you want, she's hypercritical and mean, why is that woman even on your radar? Mm -hmm. mm. A shout out to Black Wizard again. Thank you so much, Black Wizard. He says, if you have no practice being cooperative, but uh, find a person you like, how long do you think it'll be before old habits start popping up? Mm. I'm reading it again. Is that, is that for women, um, Black Wizard? Is that for us? You have no practice in being cooperative, but find a person you like, how long do you think it'll be before old habits start popping up? Not long. Um, I think most of us come into relationships with a mask on. The majority of people do. Um, and you're not generally going to see a person's bullshit right off. But if a person is truly who they are deep down in their core, they're going to be exactly who they are at some point. And, you know, we don't get to hide for very long if you're spending time and stuff with a person. So... That's my opinion on it. Um, JC, what about you? I mean, a, a lot of times, especially today, you're meeting someone's representative. You know, you're meeting who they want you to perceive them as. But of course, you, know, you hang around someone long enough, you're really going to see their, their, their true ways, how they are. Um, if someone's not clean, you're going to find out eventually they're not clean. You know, it, it's just... I think how how it goes. Only in the short term, very short term, do you feel do you might meet someone and you still have that perception of them because things might have ended extremely quickly. But you hang around someone long enough, the real them is going to show. Concrete, do you have a response for that? Um, I don't. Um. I don't know that there's a, I agree. I mean, I think, I guess eventually 
a person can a person's representative can only stick around for so long. Um, mm. Eventually, their true colors will will show. Um, I have always been of the mindset that it's important to see someone in every season. Um, I am not the I'm the person that like I don't like to rush into things. Um, I like to see people in every season and take my time with things. So, um, you know, your representative only can only stick around for so long. So eventually the true colors will show. Okay. Shout out to Black Wizard again. And he says, and he says, and then when those traits do pop up, should you just deal with that behavior in the interest of being a man? Hmm. I'm going to say no. <laughs> when those traits pop up, when, once, once, once you see that someone is not, you know, someone is just being so disruptive to your life, that's definitely grounds to dismiss. It shouldn't be um, discussed long, even with yourself of, why, okay, I still want this person. I'm still trying to, certain things, you don't need to figure it out. You just need to go ahead and um, move on. And just to add clarity, I, I don't think that he's saying at all that black men should deal with unruly, uncooperative black women. Like he That's said, right. and he I, I don't know, like I think all. you missed this black wizard. He said that as a man, that you know, as as a man, that you shouldn't even stick around if once you detect that she's unruly, that you shouldn't even put yourself in environments where unruly, ratchet, you know, women are 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 congregating that and if for some reason you run across one that you shouldn't stick around at all soon as that behavior makes itself known you should be out of there he said that very early on like get out of there asap Absolutely. but jc also said um about people being in pain for so long that they start to have a tolerance or maybe even a liking to the pain and what i've noticed I've noticed some people kind of um, be in in pain and and just exist, and and that's that's where they tolerate, and and that's what they know. And then when you end up in situations that may not be as painful, you still go back looking for a little sting, because um, that's what you're used to and that's what you know. Um, so I, I've noticed that with a lot of people. I think that's yeah, interesting. I agree. Um, shout uh, out to Uncle Stu. He says, what is his research based on? What is his sources? Well, you have to go to the book uh, for that. Of course, if I do put something on uh, Facebook that's research based, I, I usually include the source there as well. So you can follow me on Facebook or IG. Um, I think we need to drop your, uh, I'm going to have Curlin tag your your um facebook and your ig in our description box um when this video is over when it, when our interview is over but leo anthony has been dropping your link to your book down in our chat so if mods if y'all could please drop his links um down in the chat so y'all can go subscribe and go check them out because y'all know he on point y'all know it y'all uh, know facts. it facts. they feel you know. type of way child they know it they know it Agreed. um shout out to black wizard again he says the body will react to masculinity do you mean that even against her willpower or conditioning does her conditioning vanish when she meets masculine men 
Yes. Even oh. against her own, like I said, the I, I've said this in the book, you read it, I'm sure. The woman's mind and body are frenemies, right? Mm. So on Tuesday, they they best friends, right? They they they're congruent, they're great. By Saturday, they arguing. They argue with each other, right? Now, of course, this is metaphysical, but my point is that yes, even against so the condition in the mind. She might be like, oh, no, no man's good enough. No man's this, whatever. I'm a boss bitch. Let her meet that one right guy right in front of her. The body will react. Right? Now, I've seen the opposite where women like a woman will be like, I'm celibate. You know, mentally, she's like, you know, going on some spiritual journey and yada, yada, yada. And somebody whispers sweet nothings. And that journey is thrown out the window, not necessarily because he's the right guy, because she's battling with the flesh. You know what I mean? So I've seen not necessarily where you know, it's just his mask, you know, him being such a masculine man, it's that she's battling with the flesh. So I do know that the mind and body are in constant conflict, uh, you know, for women. And that is absolutely, you know, a truth. Um, but um, I do think that Black Wizard's question was interesting because I, I don't know, like I, I consider my husband to be extremely masculine, but I'm also a traditional woman, but I don't know how a woman who, I don't know how women who are like feminists or who are um, non-traditional react to like a man, like if they necessarily change their behavior in the presence of a, a, a masculine man. And I, I have a question relating to that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that traditional masculinity will be shamed and anything that compromises manhood will be exalted. Do you think men who are um, men are solely responsible for things that have been compromised that excuse me. Do you think that men are solely responsible for things that have compromised their own masculinity? Hmm. To an degree, yeah. To a degree, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, let's say you have a, a, a disrespectful woman. This um, they don't want to admit it, but they know it's true. You have a disrespectful woman. She mm -hmm. she's you know belittling a guy. I, I, I'm sure you've seen this. You've seen a woman curse out a man in public. You know, mm -hmm. it could be legit, could not be. But let's say she goes overboard. She's calling him names. She's calling him all types of stuff. She's saying, you know, that's why you got a little this, whatever, all this, whatever, right? That man in today's society, for the most part, he's going to stay with her. Even though she just, you know, said he got a little penis in front of his whole family and friends and uh, all this stuff, he's still going to just go along with it. That That's what I mean when I say, you know, or in, the, in I guess, answering your question, compromising your masculinity. That's a situation you need to exit from. He knows that mentally, but he's going to stay with it. Interesting. Real interesting. Um, he says, so she loses agency before masculine men. Um, I believe you answered that. 
I'm not going to say she loses agency. I mean, in a way, she kind of gains it. She gains, well, she gains the, the feminine agency. So I'm not going to say she loses. It might come into truth now, of course, because um, there are a lot of women who are feminists and they have all these thoughts and beliefs. And I'm not saying that they're just going to completely abandon them. What I'm just saying is that in the presence of a masculine man, she will react. She will definitely give in to, right? Uh, how he is now, whether it's long term depends on her, but definitely initially. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's like we need to do an experiment. <laughs> Listen, um, shout out to Eisen Sama. He says, Wait, did this dude say that a nigga can convince a woman to do what's against her own best interests? That's the reason we're at this point today. I think he uh, just clarified that. I don't. He, first off, I don't think he he made that statement, and I think <laughs> he just clarified that with his last comment. Um, did you did you want to um, clarify even further or have anything to say? Yeah, I, I, I think Kyle? he he might have missed it um, beforehand because I think he's mm -hmm. he's getting it wrong. Of, of I'm making because. Many times, if you have a woman who's might who might have certain beliefs, like oh, I'm a feminist, I I don't whatever, I don't you know honor a man for whatever reason, and she comes into across a very masculine man, and she's in his presence and they're engaging or whatever, her the engagement will make her do what's make make her do what's in her best interest versus fighting him versus putting up this front because a lot of times a lot of this boss bitch is just a front. You know, you. it's just it's just this like I'm going to put on this tough exterior. Right. A guard up, if you will. I got you. Um, interesting. Um, definitely interesting. Well, um, I, I was trying to understand that question that he was asking. Let me go back to it. OK. Yeah, because. I think he was talking about a woman bowing down in front of masculinity. And if you're bowing down to masculinity, that may be in your, it may not be in your own best interest. You know, if you're talking about a power structure, if you're bowing down. Oh, to masculinity, okay. Okay. Maybe that's and I guess what's in your own best interest could be subjective because a lot of times the argument will yeah. are made in this sector that, um, you know, women giving up that power to men, women will never give up that power to men because it's not in their own best interest. But if we're saying, you know, if we're speaking about like, I guess, just the natural role of men and women and, you know, natural meaning the traditional role of men and women, like it would be in a woman's best interest to allow a man to lead. Um, so in that case, it would be in her best interest. I guess it depends on what perspective you're viewing it from. Yeah. The, the question can go in like 10 different ways. So I'm yeah. just explaining it based on what I said, but you know, it could be said differently. Yeah. Okay. A shout out to Eugene Steele. Thank you so much, Eugene. He says, just define your standards as long as they're realistic. Then look for the person who meets your standards. This will take vetting in addition to looking. Um, <laughs> JC, we've had a lot of men complain about not being able to properly vet a woman. 
I've heard a lot of men say that there's no way to properly vet a woman and that a woman will change her mind on a situation at the drop of a hat. Um, she'll get, the, you know, let's say they got married and they vetted her and she was a good woman, a good mother. And they'll say, well, shit, she got bored um, five years into the relationship and decided that she wanted to find herself. And now I'm sitting here. She didn't left me. I'm having to give up uh, all my money, half the house. The bitch then took the damn stuff. Animal. She didn't took everything. What do you the say? Ketchup, the hot sauce out the cabinet. <laughs> she left me the shoestrings, everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what do you say in regards to vetting women? I mean, it's it's a it's an essential thing that has to happen. I mean, both parties should be vetting each other, you know. Mm -hmm. But as far as a man vetting a woman, especially long term, or towards uh something that's serious marriage you definitely need to vet as i say in what i guess in what aspect okay if you're trying to date a woman um are you and relationship. relationship status are you a single man i am single yes okay how do you vet woman women as far as dating in relationships well i, I take it uh the, to the most smallest degree as far as dating right because if I'm telling a woman, be here at this address at 8 p.m. on Friday, and then let's say she does agree to it, right? She's saying, okay, yeah, cool, great. But then this, ha this happens, off not often, but it does happen. After she agrees to it, maybe two days later, she'll say, hey, I actually want to think about this restaurant. What is that telling me? I'm vetting you right there. You're being uncooperative. You're trying to change the restaurant after you agreed to it, right? I'm vetting you already. Basically, you know, I'm, and this happens, I'm not saying it happens all the time because it doesn't, but it does happen where a woman will change the restaurant. She'll say, hey, I was thinking, could we maybe try out this restaurant? You know, I really heard good reviews about them. She's even given reasons why we should go. Hmm. So that's telling me right there, oh, don't, okay, I can't take you serious. I don't need to, you know, take you down. At least think about marriage with you. You know what I'm saying? I could probably have a great time with dinner or, you know, hanging out for drinks. But beyond that, no, I don't need to do that. So even in the, even in the smallest different things, you can see if a woman's for you or not. And you should be, you know, vetting a, a, along those lines. Do you or, or oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go or ahead. let's say we make it to the date. Right. We make it to the date. OK, things are going great. But for no reason, she's cursing out the waiter. You know, she's, you know, saying all types of crazy stuff to the waiter. Okay, what is this telling me? You're cursing out the waiter, making him feel bad, putting him down or her down, right? Now, granted, if the waiter actually did an offense, I understand. You shouldn't curse him out, but I understand why you might be angry. But if you're cursing out someone you don't even know, right? What is this telling me? Once again, vetting on a small level, mm -hmm. right? What a lot of guys do is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm messing, up, messing up my own quote, but I say something along the lines of, we ignore the signs. We ignore the signs to get what we want, right? So we want that relationship. We want that feeling of love. We want that potential marriage. We saw that she was rude on the first date. But we still went along with it because we want to rationalize and say, 
well, that was just that one time, maybe on the second date or the third date, she'll be actually, you know, she'll, she'd be in a better mood. She probably, probably repeated the same. Before. If she fine enough, you'll rationalize all type of stuff. I mean, <laughs> fine they, women get away with all kinds of shit. That's, and yeah. see, now you get my point that uh, that's why I, and I hate saying the same thing. I hate a lot of red pill men don't want to admit they worship looks. That's why they let the women get away with so much uh, that they wouldn't let other women, quote unquote, get away. Now, beauty is subjective. Let me say that. But if a woman is very attractive, red pill men don't want to admit they let them, quote unquote, attractive women get away with so much. She was rude on the date. You saw that she was rude because you worship looks. You let her you letting it slide a little bit. You know that, hey, this woman probably is not good for you long term. But because of aesthetics, you went along with it. Would you say that's red pill men or blue pill men? Because quote unquote red pill men are actually supposed to be dismissive of a woman if she is outside of their whatever. I don't even well, know. Well, here, here's the thing. It is it's both of them. Program. The difference is both of them. It's is the difference is blue pill men will admit at least have some type of self-admittance that yeah, I'm really into her because of the looks. The red pill men don't. They don't admit. They worship the looks, but don't admit to it. Mm. Well, um, I do have a question for you, but to, you know, I've often heard in this space that any man who is engaging in a relationship, I whether it be you know on a small scale dating or you know large scale marriage family children you're simping either way that you know no matter what it is no matter what degree of relationship you're engaging in that you're engaging in simp behavior regardless so i know people say you know like red pill men have a program and da 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 da, da but like if, if that is true then even red pill men would be engaging in some level of simp like behavior if that school of thought is one to be believed and accepted what this is the problem this is the problem with that simp thing uh the simp term because now the 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 20 the 20 uh 2023 simp a red pill term everything is simp everything is simp yeah. you open the door is simp you take yes. you take your wife to dinner is simp you buy your wife a birthday present is simp uh mm -hmm. you know you you do anything for a woman is simp but here's the thing mm -hmm. i say if you're a man and you know yourself how can it be simp if i wanted to do it if I wanted to do it, if I wanted to buy my wife a damn birthday gift, how is it simp? How? And, and, and to me personally, I, everyone has a different definition. Simp is when you do something you don't want to do, right? If a woman is asking you to do something, demanding for you to do something, you really don't want to do it, but you go along with it. That's a simp. You know, when you when you have a certain program. And the woman's derailing your entire program and you go along with it for whatever reason that's simp but today they call everything simp do you, you know think the interesting thing about that is that i think that like 
we've gone so far off the mark with these extremes. Like as a man, you like traditionally you're supposed to take care of your wife and your family doing kind things for, and to be completely honest, we could go back to Pavlov and how your positive reinforcement is necessary to continue a desired behavior. A dog gets treats when they do good, but you don't want somebody doing something nice for their wife. Baby, let me see. like that's the extremism that kind of throws me that 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 turns people off from some of the movements. And let me ask you this, um, JC, do you think good men are vocal enough when it comes down to setting the record straight about um actually being a simp versus treating a person good? Um, because I've noticed that a lot of women have been um put in the forefront to be the voice of black women when a lot of black women don't feel like how a lot of other black women feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do you think there are, there are enough good men coming forward to say, nah, I get to choose. I chose my wife. I'm treating my wife how I want to treat her. Mind your fucking business. Do what you do. Do you think there are enough good men speaking up or married men speaking up? I'm going to say that because um, if you read the book, you know, I have a certain feeling about that term, good man. But in your context... Yeah. In your context, I will say that I don't think enough solid men are speaking up and saying, hey, it's my fucking wife's birthday. I'm going to take her to dinner. I don't care how you feel about it. This is the woman in my life. She's good to me. You know, she, we're congruent. We're on the same page. Get out of our business. You know, I don't think there's enough men speaking up in, in confidence and saying, hey, I found somebody for me. And we rolling together and I'm good to her and she's good to me. I take care of her. I'm I'm providing for her. I provide for provision, protection, et cetera. And I have no problem doing that because she brings peace into my life. I don't think enough men are speaking up on that. Um, shout out to Dane C. Thank you so much, Dane. He says, just got in. Hey, Danielle and Concrete. Hey, Dane. Hey, Dane. And um, shout out to Uncle Stu again. Thank you so much, Uncle Stu. He says, so Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith are weak, according to you. Please explain. <laughs> I'm not going to say the... Uh... I'm not going to say Michael B. Jordan's week. I think that situation it depends on your, your perspective on that. Um, I'm going to say that I don't agree with Will Smith's actions. I'll say that. We I definitely, you know, don't understand him as in his actions. I'll, you know, he might be, there might be, there's variables missing and that I obviously don't know or anyone else knows, but I don't agree with his, his marriage. I'll say that. Okay. Um, and shout out to Black Wizard. He says, are men in the passport bros in SYSBM letting beautiful women get away with getting away with foolishness and while and leaving while complaining about a small group of women? Or are they incels who leave for easy targets? And I'm gonna read that again because I ain't understand my own my own reading. <clears throat> he says, are men in the passport bros and SYSBM letting beautiful women get away with foolishness and leaving while complaining about a small group of women? Or are they incels who leave for easy targets? Wow. Um, it could be all three, <laughs> all three things. 
uh, because, you know, yes, red pill, red pill men let women, beautiful women disrespect them. Then they're mad about it. Then they're upset. Then they're angry. Now, now they're holding this anger that this woman that they were very attracted to treated them a certain way. Now they want to say all women are bitches, all women are hoes, or you know, forget these single moms, all this stuff. Now your, your other point about while complaining about a small group of women, yes, that's true, that's accurate as well. Or are they incels? I'm, you know, I'm the incel thing is yes, you know, that's up in the air type of thing. I'm not going to say all of them are incels that are easy targets. That's depend on your perspective. But the first two, absolutely, no one wants to talk about it. It's very hush hush that that's the case. And a lot of these dudes on, I'm going to say it here, a lot of these dudes on YouTube. They beat their chest all day. They ramble and, you know, oh, fuck these bitches, fuck these hoes. Meanwhile, girl that, you know, they've been chasing down, they saying yes, honey, too. And, you know, oh, you know, they're basically being all about her. So, you know, like I said, Internet's 90 percent projection. I agree. And especially because with anonymity, people can come on here and be anyone they want. And like, who knows what people are doing behind closed doors and people can literally say, you know, I'm red pill and be arguing, calling women all type of bees and everything and going home and being submissive to a woman behind closed doors. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. Oh, ain't that what happens? Um, <laughs> shout out to Dan C. He says it's not about being red or blue pill. If a person isn't used to getting attractive women or getting sex, your lust will be in the driver's seat. Mm. Agree. Mm. Agree. Yeah, that's true. Accurate. Okay. Um, shout out to Dan C again. He says, true. Um, simp has become an ad hominem toward men. Um, I think men use it toward other men more so than women will actually oh, yeah. like y'all fucking it up for everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. Ciao. Um Buy your mama gift, simp. <laughs> shout out to Mr. Curlin. He says, you know why we don't speak up? Okay. He says, because we don't give a f about the those type of nick about what those type of niggies think. Um, what do you think about that? Um, well, you know what? He, you, they, Every man, they do have a right to speak up or not speak up. The problem is the loudest voice in the room right now is the Passport Bros, the dudes who are saying, fuck these single moms, the dudes who are saying, why should I have to fix a community that I didn't break or whatever? Those are the dudes with the loudest voices right now. The dudes who are saying everything is simp, that's the guy who has the loudest microphone right now uh, penetrating the space. So when I say speak up, I think men who are taking care of their wives, taking care of their girlfriends or whatever, whatever their situation is, and you're comfortable with that and that woman's good to you, when you do something, hey, let it be known with confidence that this is who I am, this, this is who I'm rolling with, this is just what it is. It's not about is it simp or not, you know? Because, like I said, you do anything for a woman now, it's called simp. Any kind of, any kind of kindness shown to a woman is seen as some type of simp or, I agree. you know, this is bad or, or we, when you, if, how can it, how can it be, if I wanted to do it, if I wanted to, if I genuinely wanted to do this, how can it be simp? 
Leo, shout out to Leo Anthony. He says, no offense, but can we get to the topic at hand? How does the intellectual sniper feel like there's a war on masculinity in the Black community? Now, Leo, I thought we were talking about things that encompassed masculinity. I thought we was kind of in, in the ballpark. Uh, uh, right. Somewhere over there. Been on topic, but like that's our title. So I think we will reframe the question and it, we can ask him, does he feel like there's a war on masculinity in the black community? Because he didn't say that. Um, that's our title. But to, to Leo's point, and I do, I agree, Danny, we've been on topic. Do you feel like there's a war on masculinity in the black community? There is a war but there has there's it's two sides to it right there's a war on masculinity in the black community mm -hmm. but the response it's the response that's the issue to me see it's like it's it's like when you're getting picked on and you continue to let it happen if you don't respond back that's the issue okay good point good point um I have a question for him. Was that the last one, Danny? Yes. Okay. I do have a question for you. So you also talked about the, you highlighted the importance of men mastering their emotions in the book as well. And there have been, you know, several, um, there's been lots of content highlight and articles highlighting um, a lack of emotional intelligence in black men. And I wanted to know what your thoughts are on that. And if you think there's any truth in it, and if so, it, what do you think that stems from? Well, in the book, I talk about emotional master, emotional mastery, which is super important, you know, uh, for men. A lot of times the reason why these um, headlines happen in the news, because some man, let his emotions control him for however however long and he just started to do irrational uh things now the thing is intelligence i believe that's a, a different lane to discuss they're related but oh i'm sorry let me turn this off that's one of your hits that is one of my hits it's a ringtone actually okay Oh, <laughs> I should have let it. I should have let it play, but you, you should know, have. In respect to y'all, just you know. But um, so how do we arrive? We ha we have to first get to a certain level of mastering our emotions to even have intelligence on how to deal with them. You know, so it's it's kind of like they're related, but the reason why you don't have intelligence is because you have no mastery. So that, you know, that's kind of how I look at that situation. Okay. Shout out to Gabe A. He says the loudest microphone. He says, dog, you care too much about others' opinions. The loudest mic doesn't affect my life. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for that. Um, we've had a lot of people, a couple people in the chat talking about um the war on masculinity or masculinity being under siege um so what i want to know what is your opinion on low value okay 
So low value men to high value men. What do you think the ratio is um, in that regard? This is a complicated question because it encompasses like a lot of different things that can determine what's low value and what's high value. Right. Of course, a lot of people don't want to talk about this. Red pill, high value is all about money, income. Oh, you got the income, he's high value. When to me, that's not enough. I, you know, I said it, I made a status um, where I said high, well, I said high value men and high earning men are two different things. They're not the same exact thing. You can be high earning, great, wonderful, excellent. That doesn't exactly make you a high value man, right? Now, if I had this, in my opinion, you said the ratio, of course, there's more low value men than there are high value. It's, okay. uh, you know, I, wanna, I, I can't say a percentage, but I would say, overwhelmingly so would you say that there's a shortage of high value men yes i would say that definitely okay what do you think black women or what do you recommend black women to do to balance that that type of thing out to balance it out mm -hmm. if well, we can is, it at all it, it, once again it's it's subjective because it you know high value and comes you know takes a lot of things it's not just one but i'm gonna say this a lot of a lot of it's based on what a man's doing what he's up to uh what he's centering his life around and I'm, I'm not i'm not the guy that's gonna say quote unquote lower your standards right but if you meet a quality guy and you can live with where he's at because any real man's always looking to improve so you can meet a guy today, okay, he's working a corporate job, he's making you know a little under 100,000. Doesn't mean he's always gonna be under 100,000. Two, three, five, seven years from now, he could be way over 100,000, if that's your concern. So balancing out, I mean, that's that's kind of a, an act in itself. I'm just gonna say, if you meet a guy and he's quality, not based on solely income, he's quality, but you're concerned about income, then meet that guy where he is because he's always going to improve and it shouldn't be about okay he has to be at the top because that's because that, that's my work you can meet a guy right now he's making fifty thousand five years from now he's making 150 i don't know but it depends on what he's doing if he's really a quality guy then he's always going to be improving absolutely i agree with that um JC, I would love to open it up and allow our guests to come up one at a time um, for a few callers if you have time for that. Okay. Um, so I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Um, we will be doing one person at a time. So we're not going to have you up here. The, the people who want to come up here and talk, they ain't going to be up here all day. They can ask like <laughs> one or two you questions. You can ask your question, get a response, and you'll be dropped down. And Pretty always, much. you guys know, you have to keep it respectful. Keep your questions succinct. Like, try not to keep it too long because we want to get as many people in, uh, you know, as possible. And we have a very short window. Right. Um, I do have another question. I have one, too. So go ahead. Okay. Um, in your book, you said that the environment is disturbed because modern men allowed it um what are modern men supposed to do um 
or what are they supposed to do when it comes down to unruly women outside of you cannot deal with relationships with women but i think we're still affected in a certain way when it comes to unruly women's themselves um and then to their unruly children what do you think modern men should do in response to that there's always going to be unruly women there's always going to be unruly people but we're focusing on women there's always going to be the element of someone being unpleasant right or unkind or just not you're not able to work with it me personally i'm talking about environments uh things i'm invited to right friends that i might have i don't deal with that in any fashion any type of way i don't give into it even if if i know that uh someone's gonna be somewhere right i, I don't even want to deal with that type of crowd i don't i'm just not gonna uh deal with it okay okay um shout out to uncle Stu, old man on the block welcome to the show how are you doing i am doing well doing well is that my big sister c rose in the house what's, what's good up, uncle Stu? welcome welcome All welcome right. how you doing sir I'm well. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing well. The reason I asked you is what is your premise of your research? The reason I say that is because one, I, I don't necessarily say I'm black manosphere, but I am a black male content creator. And I've had personal one on one conversation with men in the red pill section, men in various sections of the manosphere. I also oh, one second, they, some, someone called, I'm sorry, I'm gonna let it play a little bit. What they asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> Concrete, don't go back to your old days, child. Never mind. <laughs> Wait, what? All right. I'm sorry, go ahead. I only and played I also, it for them. I also do a lot of conversations with black men offline. So when I define what is your source, because you seem to be projecting things that I could tell you, you to me, you don't have a real intimate understanding of. So let me give you an example. Um, as I noted in, in my commentary, I am married. So those things can't be projected onto me. I am a man who has traveled. So those things can't be projected onto me. However, when you talk about the experience there is now a high level of gross disrespect that is coming out of the African-American community on upper sociological levels. They're not coming out of the projects. The terminology of Pookie and Ray Ray is a terminology that was created from women. That is a feminist terminology to use to project upon men. The reason I asked you about the interracial and then brought up two gentlemen, yes, they're they're two different gentlemen they make pretty decent money but i am fully aware that once an african-american man gets above a certain economic and sociological level he is no longer in the environment in which he can find suitable african-american women i am one that prior to my marriage i have witnessed women in their 50s who was uncapable who was very well educated, but simultaneously did not come with the qualifications that was necessary. My next question, uh, so that's to give you the introduction. Second, um, 
I asked you, I, I don't know if, if it was you or C. Rose. I think someone asked you, did you travel? And my question is, have you really traveled? You said that the women are the same in every single country. But I argue, sir, because I am a traveled man, there's a country called Germany. There's a country called Great Britain. There's a country that is also in many parts of Africa that are not third world. Therefore, if you want to understand the culture, you got to understand the politics. Feminist politics is embedded in our culture, sir. And my question is, you don't think that feminism, that westernized feminism does not affect the African-American culture here? Okay, we're gonna pause Uncle Stu and let him answer just because oh, it was the long question. I don't, I don't want him to lose his train of thought or get lost in the sauce because it was so long. So let's I'm pause sorry, and give my him bad, an y'all. My bad, my bad. That's okay. And that's I okay. don't want you to see it as an attack. I am looking for intellectual dialogue. Right. No, I don't I don't see it as an attack or not taking anything said personal at all. All right, so there was there was a lot said there. Okay, let me let me let me take it slow. Do you believe because America as a country has a lot of embedded feminist laws? We're just speaking from that. And with those laws that is not embedded in other countries, do you see it as affecting the African-American community? I never said it did not affect. It, it does affect. To what extent does it affect is the, I'll, should I'll be the question to you the way it affects the African American community. First of all, number one, it affects the African American community because African American women, since the time we have come out of slavery, has had to fight for a quote unquote pseudo voice and pseudo power. She was first hijacked by the white feminist movement. Now she's hijacked by the alphabet community in the sense of her voice. The feminist movement has also allowed her, sir, to be able to, if I just take a small portion, go into the family court system and be able to do what? Able to get divorced and able to get a whole lot of substantiating means. She's now able to no longer need the African-American man from the economic standpoint. Third thing that she is now finally able to do, she can just merely on what you say, if she feels some kind of way, you can lose your job merely on her words, and it's called the Me Too movement. You don't think that had a serious effect on African-American men? Okay. I'm saying you that. understand the, the question? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the culture, the coat, right? So all the things you said, uh, you brought up legal stuff, right? Mm -hmm. cultural that affects culture yes yeah. it's definitely there absolutely it's there but see i want to go back to the a point that i was going to make at first during your, during your first questioning mm -hmm. i didn't hear the term pookie and ray ray until a man said it and that's it's why i'm bringing clarification to you because i told you i am a well-researched well-read and well-listened individual men who come out of what they what people want to define as low socioeconomics are also the most smartest men that have surrounded me on my platform and that's where i'm trying to now educate you and say to you 
Pookie and Ray Ray is a derogatory term that came from females that rejected a certain level of people and defined them as being Pookie and Ray Ray. You also have those same terminologies being used towards the women who also act and have what's known as toxic femininity being projected towards them. So culture is affected by laws and the governance of those laws. Will you not say that those laws has had a devastating negative effect on African-American women, which turns around and, and affects African-American men? Yes, the laws do affect culture. It does affect culture. I'm not disagreeing there, right? But what we were talking about earlier is cause and effect, right? Mm -hmm. And our response to such things. That's what mm -hmm. I was talking about. Now, you just said that it's a term created by women or feminists. It was a term created by feminists, right, to talk about men in a bad way. But on Red Pill, right, they're the ones bringing up Pookie and Ray Ray's and saying that it's bad. Okay, so my question to you is, how long have you not recognized that African-American men were not permitted to speak? You're Speaking talking to what? a 55-year-old man. Back in 1995, I marched in the Million Man March. African-American men was never allowed to have communication nor be able to articulate themselves from exactly how certain movements was affecting them. Now we are saying with only three years of historical data and record, they don't have a right to express how these laws... And the culture is affecting them. What we are doing is projecting that a certain level of African-American men are low level. They need to level up. When I have watched and listened to African-American women who are not even on the level of these African-American men that they claim they want. Again, I am asking you what you keep dodging. If you're saying that, yes, these laws has affected women and you're saying if these laws has affected women and the men are saying, here's how we're being affected, right? They're telling you how they're being affected. Now you said level up. So if they level up and find themselves in an area where there's no more African-American women, then what are they to do? I want you to answer his question, but I want to chime in just for a second. I sure. do understand what JC was saying. If that term was created and to use against black men for black men to then go and use that term against black men that they deem the dreads of society, the ills of society, I too would find it detrimental. That's like us as a black community using the term pickaninny, jigaboo, using all kind of derogatory terms that would be detrimental to our brethren and taking those terms that that white supremacists have used against us and then mm -hmm. using that against parts of you know um black culture i do think that there's another way to get your points across without taking those derogatory terms that were slapped on black men and using that to ostracize a, a, a demographic of the black population and say those are those ninjas over there there. Um, I do find that to be harmful. Yes. And I don't use those terms on my platform. That's why I wanted somebody had to teach me. And that's what I was, you know, explaining to him. But I don't want to take up too much of the time.
you know, because there's other people that probably is in the back and got questions as well. Yeah, I'll let him answer your last question. I don't know okay. if he needs any clarity. I'll let him answer your last question and then um, we'll move on because I, I did have a question too um, before you came up. So we'll let him, uh, Uncle Sue, answer that question. I, I, um, I think I understood the last portion of it. JC, um, I'll let you go ahead and answer that and then we'll move on. I'm saying that, yes, just on a base level, that did affect culture. Absolutely. I'm not denying that. But my response to you was how men respond to things determines the outcome. Would you agree to that? Right. How we respond to experiences determine the outcome. This ties back to what she was saying earlier about men who were picked on or men who might have had a less better, a less best experience from school, etc or feeling like they got to get their revenge back for what happened in high school or college age. None of that matters no more. I I'm not saying. Yeah. Just don't put it on everybody. You have to be very specific because just like, I don't want to project to say all black women, you can't say all that's in that is in that position. That's why I asked you about, have you really communicated with these individuals, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I'm gonna let somebody else speak. Hey, hopefully I can hook up with you and you can come and, and we can we can chop it up. Thank right. you again, Uncle Stu. All we right. appreciate you for sliding through and thank you for coming one. with them hard-hitting right. questions for Brother JC. I think he did well. <laughs> but thank know, you, Uncle Stu. Uncle Stu long-winded. <laughs> no, we appreciate you. Thank you. We know All what right. to expect when you come one. up here. Okay. You too. Have a good one, Uncle Stu. Thank you. Um, I'm going to read the super chats and then I'll welcome black wizard in shout out to Dane C. He says, why do people keep trying to change the meaning of high value men? High value men is centered around success, respect, fitness, and character. Um, thank you so much for that. Shout out to Deron Jones. High earning and high value can mean two different things. So I don't yeah. think he tried to change the definition. Um, shout out to Deron Jones. Deron, where you been? It's been a minute. Um, he yeah. says no one has truly traveled on the global tip. Um, will say that women are the same everywhere. Mm. Um, Deron, we need you to come up here and clarify what you mean. Where you've been traveling to, Deron? Uh, let us know. Um, and that is it. Thank you so much, Deron. Um, shout out to Black Wizard. Welcome. What are your thoughts? What's and what good, questions Black do you have uh -oh. for Sniper? Now, well, first, hello. Hey, Black Hi. Wizard. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna get all Socratic and you know do a bunch of deep uh, questions that would break down a, the. Uh, point of view, but uh, oh, since good. I only have two questions to use, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll just try to use two questions that I think can sum things up uh, for the content. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my first question requires a little bit of framing. So there is a um, so people, human beings across this planet have cultures that they have uh, that they uh you know learn certain traditions and ways to uh navigate their environment for that that date back sometimes multiple hundreds and then multiple thousands of years black people were brought mm -hmm. to the united states and that culture was intentionally destroyed 
So we only have the culture that we uh, that that has been built for one for one economic purposes through slavery, which meant uh, women were put in a position to uh, earn or to lead in a way that men weren't uh, to, to undermine men, and then um, two to destabilize the family. So, considering that we have a culture that works in, on the foundation of destabilization that doesn't have the traditions like you know the bar mitzvahs the cinco de, the 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 quinceañeras the coming of age traditions that would help people understand their roles their traditional roles in masculinity and femininity so if you if you if you keep that in mind we're learning everything we got from uh mostly single parents from uh the black middle class is relatively recent. 40% um, of, of black people in a poll I saw or in a study I saw a long time ago were in poverty. So keep all that in mind when I say, when I ask this question, how, perva how pervasive do you think the culture of uh, a women or women not knowing their identity um, is affecting not just you know what we're what we're trying to dismiss as quote ratchets end quote but like all women so if we all come from the same culture that we none of us have traditions that will help us understand our role as as a man or woman then how prevalent is the quote ratchet culture throughout all of black culture okay well <clears throat> Ratchet culture is highlighted. It's definitely projected on us um, in, a, in many ways, media, et cetera, social media as well, but we're, the platform we're on uh, right now, right? So it's, I would say that it's, because it's projection is so large, that's why it's seen as the main culture of black people. But if you know, the truth is that it's not the main culture. Of black people right so yes on tv it might be highlighted that black men are arrested right but in actuality how many black men are arrested right so what i'm trying to i guess my in response to you is taking consideration all the things you you did say is that when you don't have said in said culture you have to establish it but you can't establish it based on projections so you can't establish it based on what you're seeing in media, what you're seeing on TV, what you're seeing on um, social media platforms. Here, here's what I'm gonna say to you as a clarification. So clarifying that um, it seems like you're saying that uh, there's a aspect of the culture that is uh, projected onto us, but because we don't have traditions and we don't have the same things that other cultures have through hundreds of years of, of passing down traditions uh, that were meaningful to navigating their environment, our way of navigating the environment is understanding trauma. So like we got, you know, we, we got years of Jim Crow, we got uh, reconstruction, we got slavery, and most of our culture comes through the context of that. It seems like you're saying to me that it's not that um, because our culture is broken, this uh, negative culture has manifested. And because there are people who want to exploit that, 
they have highlighted the stuff that's manifested from our culture. It seems like you're saying they're just trying to project and there is no, if it wasn't for the projection, there would be no negative culture. Is that, is that the position that you're taking, that you're taking? I'm not saying, well, I'm definitely not saying there wouldn't be any negativity. There's going to be negativity regardless, but you bring up a good point about being exploited. So if I'm going to exploit, yes, I'm going to always bring out the more negative parts of a culture to have said control over them or have said um, influence on how they act, how they buy, how they move, what's important, family, uh, family structure, power structure. So yes, you're going to take those things and project them. So I'm not saying that if it wasn't that, it would be no negativity, but because it is projected on us so strongly, it has, I would, I'm not going to say the main influence, but definitely one of the biggest influence on how we act. Right. So a lot of guys probably wouldn't say naturally call women bitches, but because of culture, they do it. Does that and make you sense? Think that, you think that culture is solely projected. You don't think it's a manifestation of a broken culture that has already existed. I'm saying that it has the biggest impact on why, you know, why it keeps manifesting. Right. Something bad, something bad could happen to you. It's it. it you determine if you're going to let the bad thing completely define your life. Does that make sense? You do determine that. Yeah. Well, it, I said I wouldn't get Socratic. All right. So, so, so the, it, it, it seems like you you're saying, go ahead. Is it just me or does she sound like a robot? No, she's Borgang. Concrete, you're Borgang. Oh. And she's, frozen are you there concrete you might have to come back out uh drop down and come back up she's clutching pearls right now honey um <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll ask another question here so okay. and it kind of connects um the way i see it there's two there's two sides of this uh this uh dynamic this extreme dynamic that i'm that i'm noticing on one end of the extreme, on one end of the extreme, there are people who have been very hurt, and they, you know, um, they're trying to navigate the, they're trying to navigate their lives in the best way that they can to be happy. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, mm -hmm. But that negativity comes out um, because um, there are things that do exist that people ignore, and that brings me to the second part. There's another part of this that on the on the on the extremes that I don't think many people pay attention to or really recognize how they're playing into it. Yet, like they say, something negative can't exist without its positive opposite. So the negative extreme exists because there's a positive extreme that says, "Look, none of that matters. Uh, nothing's happening over there. Ignore it all and just do you. You know, just do you. Be positive and alpha your way through everything." And, no, and, and none of this stuff can bother you. Now, the way these two, these two aspects feed off of each other, in my opinion, is that um, on the one side, you got people saying, none of that shit's happening, uh, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just gonna do me. And as long as I'm doing me, though everything around me is gonna be great. But then you got people like looking at those people's lives and turn around and being like, wait, there's a fire over there. Why, why are you acting like there's not a fire? And then, and then, and so they ended up going over to the negative extreme because they're like, that person is delusional. There's actually things wrong and they're acting like there's not. 
So do you, um, I guess my question to you would be, do you see how, could you see how um, not addressing uh, things that are actually happening, like thing, things that are actually happening that are negatively affecting people's lives or dismissing those things, like saying things like, yeah, everybody gets bullied, who cares? Or, um, you know, saying things like, um, if you become masculine, she'll just submit to you, you know, you know, <laughs> you're like all these. <laughs> saying things like if if you just if you're just masculine everything will be fine and or saying things like if you just focus on your goals then none of that matters if do you see how that aspect is playing into the negativity in the sense that it it kind of bypasses real world things that are actually happening in the interest of existing in a bubble that is that that tries to separate it's almost like a church trying to separate itself like everything inside the church is all great and then you leave the church and everything sucks so, so do you see how that do you see how those two aspects kind of play off of each other okay so that that perspective is valid i'm this is my response to that right there are real problems going on in the community there are real problems definitely in our in our nation our society there are real things happening that affect us in a negative way absolutely it's kind of tying back to the last gentleman a little bit there are real things that we have to take in perspective that yes because this is happening it's affecting us negatively this ties back into the book as well our masculine response is going to determine the outcome of said things so no i'm not saying oh because you're a bully you should just quote unquote get over it that's not what i'm saying but the person who's bullied has to say hey i wasn't the only person bullied i wasn't the only one i wasn't singled out as the only person man or a boy at the time that was bullied on top of that then there's the psychological factor of someone responding to that they were bullied right I gave myself as an example. I, I have a gap. You see it on the screen right now, right? I'm sure you're looking at it, right? I was picked on. I was quote unquote bullied about it, right? Why do I have the mindset I have today? So no, it's not a matter of, oh, just overcome it or just work hard or whatever. No, but what it is, is emotional mastery. Looking at the world for what it is, not for what I want it to be. We love people for who we want them to be, not, not for who they are. Fundamental problem in our society. Fundamental issue. So yes, look at things on a scale of this. There is a problem. There are issues going on. How we respond to it. And I, I love that we're in a place where we can talk about these issues on a big platform like a YouTube. At the same time, we have to really get to the fundamental problem of it and say, hey, here's a solution. And once someone brings us a, a solution, we can't just ignore it and get mad at that. They didn't like, we didn't like what they said. So F them. I guess um, my, another question I have is how is- Black Wizard, I wanted um, to say something to you real quick too, before you ask your next question. I'm gonna forget this question um, if you do that. <laughs> what you say? He said he's going to forget his question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, 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 I'll write mines down. Go ahead. Ask your question. All right. So my question is, how is, um, how, how is, you, you said you should look at the world the way that it is. 
but then but then at the same time you have when you were talking you were saying things like um don't worry about that uh they got the loud you know don't worry about what what they're saying over there um you know or why are you worried about what they're saying just focus on you um you know you're you're using these points as if to say uh focus on your bubble but then at the same time you're saying don't create a bubble so i'm i'm wondering oh i'm wondering okay, how, me, you, how me, you reconcile the two let say that let me clarify okay so and i hope i hope this is you know uh justifying what you said or or suffice what you said so basically or suffice what i'm saying basically what i'm saying is that this a lot of these spaces while like i said great to have a platform to speak on certain things excellent but here's the thing and i won't repeat i won't repeat what the status said but why do y'all focus so much on what you don't want why do you focus on women you don't want why do you focus so much on situations you don't want right if you're this great and not just you not personally if you're this great you know uh outstanding you know high achieving guy etc then why are you so focused on a situation you do not want? Why? What, what's, what's the great thing about speaking hours upon hours about situations that you don't want, that you don't even want to happen to you? What's or the purpose of that? Go ahead. Oh, well, that wasn't me, but- No, I was, I was saying, um, just to piggyback off of JC's point, um, even in speaking about situations that you don't want, that you don't want to be a part of, that you have no interest in fixing, that you you just you have um, almost a hatred um, to to certain aspects. Yeah. You're not invested in. You've walked away from. You have no desire for. You want to see it burned down. It's almost like you have a um twisted desire to see it fail like i've heard people say they want to see it fail they they actually relish in and celebrate when something bad happens in in black communities it's kind of sick and and here's here's how you know i would respond to that what 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 was the manosphere made for the manosphere was made because dudes who have been lied to came together to discuss and, co and collect information to, to figure out how to navigate their lives. So with that being said, um, if, there's, if there's a, if like the different movements that come from the red pill space are just different way, different methods of solution. So there's MRAs, their solution is take it to politics. There's PUAs, their thing is game. There, there's MGTOW, their thing is, you know, interact with women on the, at the least measure as possible, or at least different degrees of, of uh, uh, you know, interacting with women. And then there's Passport Bros and SYSBM, which is, you know, leave. And, and, when, and with that message of leave, uh, if they found a solution, um, like they're essentially saying, this is the, if they're going back and saying, this is the solution, this is what we found. This is what, you know, this is where we're coming from. We found all this great stuff. And, you know, what, like, that's, a, I guess that's the way I'm seeing it. I don't see it necessarily as a, you know, well, you know, you're, like, I don't think they're trying to uh, bring Black women's attention to it. I think they're trying to 
proselytize, I guess. But let me ask you this real quick, sir, because you said, I don't think they're trying to bring black women's attention to it. But it's like, let's say I was talking to a friend and you're in the corner. If I say your name, I'm kind of bringing your attention to it, right? And I'm not saying your name loud in a conversation. You know, then some way you're going to be peeking your head around the corner saying, hey, okay, you said my name like a couple of times in the conversation. What do I have to deal with it? Right. On top, on top of that, you said the, the, the communities came together because they were lied to. Lied to by who? Like who were they lied to? Who, who lied to them? And then on top of that is what I was saying earlier about, yes, as men, we are young, especially young men, we are lied to a lot. We can't, but we have to look at the, we have to look at that we were lied to, not be mad and project future anger uh, towards things. Does that make sense? It's almost well, as if there's an aversion to addressing this large power structure because there's cognitive dissonance that black that men and specifically black men in this instance employ because there's like there's nothing we can do because this is a large power structure. So we're going to fixate on these small people who we have direct access to and we do feel powerful enough to impact. So, you know what I mean? Like they're employing cognitive because like literally this space, if you bring up white supremacy, they will bite your head off. And it's like, no, but the matriarch, but black women, they'll somehow tie it back to black women every time because they feel like we can directly impact and we can directly attack and we can directly address black women. But we're powerless against this large power structure. So don't even bring them up. And it's um, crazy to me. Um, me. Black wizard. Let me, oh. Okay, I'm gonna let you get your last point out because I do have somebody else in the back and we are in the three, we didn't hit the three hour mark yeah. and yeah. we got stuff to do. Um, but go ahead and Rhonda. finish your last point and then um, get, you, get the next person. Yeah, um, I think uh, if we were making the analogy that um, JC mentioned a little more accurate, uh, we would say a bunch of guys made a tree house that says men only and then people keep peeking in there to see what's going on. And then they get offended by what's going on, what, what the, what's being said in the men only treehouse. When the, when, when, when the, when the treehouse clearly says men only on it. <laughs> you oh, see what I mean? oh, 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 <laughs> let me directly <laughs> respond to that myself um, because that would tie in directly to concrete and I being in a mental sphere space. The fact of the matter is the treehouse is on public property it, the windows is wide open we see big ass signs that say black women ain't shit and we <laughs> mad and we feel like we have and a right to they're saying it. come in though they they're inviting women in Listen. though it's not just that they're also saying come in and have a conversation with us come sit on this couch <laughs> come be a part of this conversation so it's the open invitations too also fair. Wait, hold on, hold Sorry. on. <laughs> the the first the first thing is fair enough. It's on public property, but it still says men only. So even if it is on public property, what does a sign if you go mean in, to a woman? That's that's not the point. The point is, if it's on public property and you walk up, you can't be mad by what you hear by from it because they have already made their intention very clear. They but make their intention be- clear that they were, you know, talking amongst each other, and then you interject it. 
public property, fair enough. But you walk in, you get what you get. So then if we if we turn around and we destroy the treehouse from the inside out, wouldn't that still be the same thing that the men also get what they get? Because when it comes down to a space like the manosphere and women have been allowed to have a voice in the manosphere and then people have kind of put all the confusion and shit on the women being let in the space, even though y'all had conflict and confusion way before we got here. Everybody wants to shift the blame on the women and say, well, the women came in and now the women are getting paid off our talking points. Now the women have destroyed the space. It's the women's fault when you allowed a certain thing to happen anyway. Um, I don't really see how that connects to okay. <laughs> what I was saying. <laughs> but, I you. But, but, but to answer it, I guess I would say it's fair play, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to go walk, if you're going to stroll onto the property, you can't complain about what you get when this, when the intentions of the property is pretty clear. Uh, it's pretty clear that men are here to uh, talk about their grievances. It's pretty clear that men are here to figure out ways to individually navigate their circumstances. It's pretty clear that they don't really care about the community. So you, so if you're going to waltz in, uh, <laughs> if you're going to waltz in. Uh, when all the markers are being laid down, you have to accept that, or you just be mad. Uh, or maybe you just want to be mad. Like, like you know, like, it's like being in the mad. gentleman's club and complaining about too much TNA. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Make it's them like, cover up. <laughs> it's like it, it, yeah, it's like you going in there and you like, why are all these women naked? It's like, well, it says gentleman's club right there. What are you <laughs> doing in here? <laughs> I, I'm just saying you get what you get, you know, and this space mm -hmm. is not made for community solutions. There's plenty of spaces for that. If you want to do that, then fine. But these, 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 uh, the red pill space is made for individual men to come to their own conclusions. And one of those conclusions happened to be, you know, chuck the deuces and catch a flight. <laughs> and if, and if you're salty about that, you're salty, but that's one of the conclusions that they came up with. <laughs> you know it what is. I'm saying? True. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, you so Wizard. much, Black Wizard. I knew he was coming up here on BS. Child. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't do what I wanted to do, but uh, but that's fine. You did uh, enough. <laughs> you did yeah. enough. All right. See you. All right. Thank Bye. you, Black Wizard. Um. So we have a ball head hoe coming to the stage. Shout out to Midtown Ooh. Universe. He says his baby mama keep calling about that child support money. Um, I'm going to let you respond to our resident ball head hoe. Um, Big Tail Universe, welcome. How are you? How's it going, everyone? Can you hear me all right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's good, Big Tail Universe? And why okay. did you come up with... Yeah, Say that again? Why, why, why is your avatar... Because you know I want... I, I, want, I don't know. I'm just trolling today. Um, first of all, to answer, to respond to y'all, uh, this whole... Yeah, even though we saw the sound, we're going to be nosy and try to tear the shit up from the inside anyway is kind of narrative. We ain't trying to tear nothing up. We just having dialogue. That was, that, no, no. That was Rose's point. It's like, well, if we see the sign and if you let us in no, and that if we tear Danny the shit up from the... That was Rose's point. I'm sorry. No, don't lie. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Sister George, yes, you're right. If we tear the shit up from the inside, then it's on y'all. Like, also you, facts, but I have also are like children or are y'all adults? No, 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 no. If you understand women and you understand the nature oh of women, God. then you know that when women walk into a room, 
you're going to be, you're going to act different. Your masculinity is going to make you act different when we show up. Your whole, we, we do. And it's just what it is. If a pretty woman shows up, if an ugly one, the whole thing is going to shift to being about her as opposed to being about the purpose that y'all had for y'all solutions. Which is why the old school manosphere, they were very nasty and very direct about keeping y'all ass out. We didn't send for y'all. Now, B- no, I take that back. BGS did, did send for y'all with Why BGS always women. Because he was, as far as I know, as far as, and I could be wrong, he's the first person that created a channel to open up a dialogue with women, so, black women specifically, mm-hmm. about uh, manosphere issues, red pill talking points, so on and so forth. So that's why I, I blame him. He's going to get on me about that later on tonight. But, but y'all love us now, right? Well, there's never been a point in time where black men didn't love black women. Never. No, I'm not talking about black women. I'm talking about us specifically. <laughs> oh, y'all too? Y'all too trolls? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, there's never been a time. Yeah. I, yeah. We come here. We tune in every Sunday and Wednesday mm-hmm. and Tuesday and Friday and whenever y'all decide <laughs> to have a live stream. Okay. Couple of questions. I may have missed it because I've been in and out. Um, Sniper, uh, what is the solution for, I guess, the, the issues affecting the black community? I don't know if that's your stance. If the, if it is, what is your what is your solution? I may have missed it. I'm sorry. I did. Uh, definitely a different conversation, but I would say um, that's a wide question. You know, there's a lot of different aspects of that needs to be solved. But I'll just say that if, if, if you ask in my opinion about it, I believe our, our focus definitely has to be different. You know, what we uh, glamorize would have to be different. Um, who's to be uplifted would have to be different and to control what's projected upon us. Those are just four small points. I think that's very admirable. Um, Unfortunately, we do not live in the parallel universe where we control the media. Um, Let me let me say this too. your point about the media, social media and stuff like that. Okay, so the media feedback loop. You're right. In terms of things being factual, social media, for the most part, is capped. But when you have people like Kiki Palmer um, saying, get pregnant, it'll clear up your skin um, and stuff like that, uh, even people will believe it if that message from different quote unquote influencers um, project that message. So even though it's factually not true that most people believe in it, eventually it will. That's how propaganda works. Right. So uh, same thing with the passport bros is like, yeah, like 5% of black men or maybe even less than that actually travel, but you know, it's taken social media by storm. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of like what we want to happen. We want young men to uh, value themselves and um, stuff like that. Kind of like what's, what is your thoughts on, on that? Like, social media or media influencing actually influencing 
little by little over the, uh, I guess, the culture? Like I said before, 90% of the internet's projection. It's, it's, it's just, you know, little pieces of trash floating in the air. I don't, you know, I believe that, of course, a person has to be at a certain intelligence to actually see and break down, okay, is this factual? Is this useful? You know, does it have any truth to it or is it just fudder or whatever, right? Now, of course, there's always gonna be people who believe everything it says. I mean, there's people who, actually live their, live their lives by memes. That's where we are in 2023, unfortunately, right? But I don't think that, I don't think that we should say, because I, what I was saying is that the projection affects the community. And then it does, it, it's, that's, that's just the truth. Yeah. So the factual, the, what's reality and what's not is the issue. It's blurred together and everyone sees it as, this could be true. This could not be true versus no, I'm not going to live my life based off memes. I'm not going to live my life based off influencers. I'm not going to live my life even based off celebrities. And I even said this on my status before that regarding the black community, celebrities, influencers, they should be admired for what they do. They should be admired for their gifts and talents. That's it. They shouldn't be looked up to for life issues. They shouldn't be looked up to for social issues. That's the problem. Would you would you agree that a good portion of young women, uh, the Instagram, uh, I guess, way of thinking, um, do you think do you think that's uh, even though that's false? Do you think that's a problem with young women today? Cause that's the message being projected like on Instagram and you know, the get money, uh, turn up, um, uh, bad bitch, uh, hot girl summer sort of memes and ideas and stuff like that. Do you think that's a real issue with young women, black women in specific, I guess in this case? Yeah. Social media has too much influence on, uh, young women. I, I agree. Yeah. I, women are too influenced by, uh, media, celebrities, social media, all that stuff. It, it, it's, it's too much. Um, it causes them to unfortunately make um, bad decisions. I talk about this regarding beauty. I just made a status that was pretty popular regarding beauty, right? Women are not focused on their beauty. They're not focused on their personal beauty. They're, all women are trying to look like someone else, trying to look like another woman that she does not look like. That's part of the issue that affects self-esteem. When you have poor self-esteem, you're going to make bad decisions. So going with your solution, how would last we go? Question me, last question, because I got to get up out of here. Oh, don't start that. Um, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you almost made, did I feel like I'm like, okay, going with your solution. How would we, or those that want to correct the issues of community, how would they uh, begin to resolve that issue? The issue say of that, social media. Say that one more time, please. I'm sorry. Okay, I apologize. So those, uh, the people that want to fix the community, in essence, um, I believe you said one of the things that we could do, um, of course, it was your opinion, that we could or we should, um, I guess, fix the message that's being sent out that's poisoning the minds. And in, in so many words, um, how would they do that? 
How would okay, essentially so, how would people that want to fix the community combat with Instagram and and TikTok essentially? Well, that's well, that's the thing. Do we do you combat with them or didn't or do you use them as a tool? That's the thing about it. Of course, black community uh, versus these, you know, TikTok or IG or whatever. It's it's no comparison as far as reach, right? But you can use the same tools to reach, if that makes sense. So I, me personally, in my personal life, I control my timeline. I control what I see, what I don't see, right? Also, even in small ways, as far as publishing a book, guess what? Because we love to talk about this, about, oh, they don't project. Uh, they don't present black people in a positive light in the media, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to watch that necessarily. You don't have to see that necessarily. Even in my own life, I wrote a book. I wrote a story. Guess what? I controlled all the characters. I controlled who did what. Black people bought the book. Of course, other people bought the book too, but I controlled that. In a way, that was a small way of controlling media. No, it's not on a big scale like a NBC or whatever, but even just that, taking control of my own narrative, if more people were just like-minded in that sense, it would be more positive images. Okay. I do thank you um, for your responses, um, Sniper. Uh, thank you, ladies, so much. Uh, Sister thank George, you, I love you here. Uh, seriously, thank I do. Thank you. Thank you, love. I think you look great. Um, I'm glad that y'all didn't go down the, uh, the, the kinky alleyway today. Y'all have been what? on one. We got to take him slow. You know, you got to kind of let been him down the ease alleyway. him into it. In I don't know what alleyway you talking about. Yeah, you're talking okay. about something. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I'm making it all up. I don't know what I'm talking about. Something exactly. outside of the realm of, of, of right. what I get into. But <laughs> we right, appreciate you, so you nonetheless, MGTOW. And thank you for coming up and joining us. Thank you. Don't thank use you this for, uh, don't clip us either. Um. I got a couple comments to read, uh, commenting in a couple super chats. Um, shout out to Leo Anthony. He said, uh, the breakdown, can you ask your guests, do he think women promoting baby mama culture is an attack on masculinity? Um, JC, what do you think about that? The promotion of it, yes, it is an attack because you're basically saying that you don't need the man there and that the man's uh, importance is simmered down or, or, you know, not, not as important. You're not as important as the woman. So yes, it is promoting. It is, um, quote unquote, beating down the man in masculinity, you know, at the same time, you know, responsibility is both ways. So I, I you know, I have to say that too. Okay. Um, shout out to sugar bomb. Thank you so much, lady. She says, are you telling us men aren't influenced by social media with this gun violence? Um, I think that was directed to MGTOW Universe. Um, thank you so much for that, Sugar Mom. Um, shout out to Uncle Stu. He says, mass media said many lies about Black men from 30 years long before the internet was created. I'm confused. Um, JC, do you have a response for that? Uh, well, I had said before that media in general, right, there's some. There can be something. There can be something projected. Then there can be the reality of it. So yes, you can see all types of uh, films or whatever it is where black men are being put in negative situations. But in actuality, 
that may not be happening. Okay. Um, shout out to Sugar Bomb again. Thank you so much, Sugar Bomb. She says, nobody lying on black men. Gun violence proves it. Um, thank you so much <laughs> oh. for that. Ooh. Um, shout out to the Roger Report. Shout out to my brother. Long live the habitual line steppers. And he says, isn't what black women believe their own fault or are they responsible for nothing, including their own thoughts? And if people don't listen to social media, I think he meant social media, that only leaves them with mainstream media that hasn't worked for blacks. Um, what do you think about that? That's interesting. That's a lot in there. Um, particular to back the, uh, the second, if people don't listen to social media, that only leaves them with mainstream media. Um, not in my case, not necessarily. You don't have to be plugged in with mainstream media necessarily. A lot of times I'm asked all the time on panels or certain things about certain shows. And I have no idea what they're talking about. So that's your in choice. Addition, I know regarding your earlier comments where we highlighted men being upset at what they've been taught and the indoctrination and how they've been made to believe that women are sugar and spice and everything nice there was in no there was no one challenging that premise and that you know shouldn't men be responsible for their own thoughts and not be mad or angry with women or the system you know that was an accepted that was an accepted premise that men can be mad and angry with women and a system that has indoctrinated them to believe that women are sugar and spice and everything nice, but nonetheless, you know, anyways, well, um, yeah, it looks like we got obsidian on the panel. What's good. Oh, hello. Um, happy new year to everyone. Uh, it's been Thank a while. You. I know. So, yeah, this is interesting. This is very interesting. I, I'm familiar with the intellectual sniper um, over on Facebook. I've um, known of him for quite some time. Congratulations on your books. But but my question is this, because um, I've been listening on and off to the um, discussion. I'm curious to know, because the, the, much of the conversation centers on the black manosphere and its offshoot, the, uh, the Passport Brothers. So my question to you, uh, JC, is what research have you done into that for you to take the positions that you have. As I recall earlier, you stated where you disagreed with the Passport Brothers was that primarily you had a number of disagreements, but the main one was the idea that you have to trash or put down black women to go elsewhere to find a mate. Okay. I mean, okay, that's fine. But my question is, what research have you actually done into the Passport Brothers movement and by extension the Black Manosphere for you to arrive at such a position? Well, it's a respected question, but at the same time, all four of us don't have to do deep research to see that Black women are trashed regarding the Passport Bros. You can go right on Facebook. As you said, that's where you know me from to see multiple men and even in groups where it doesn't even have to be black women, just be Western women or American women where they're you know put down because they're like, okay, well, I can't get anyone here. F these women, these women are trash. They don't not worth anything. I'm going elsewhere. So I didn't have to do any deep research for that to arrive at that point mentally. Well, I, I happen to belong to several um, pretty large groups 
of black men who would be considered passport brothers. And I do not recall seeing many posts by them. I'm talking about groups that have tens of thousands of black men. I don't see many posts by these brothers where they're quote unquote trashing black women. They, they tend to talk about the women that they got with overseas. They tend to talk about their experiences, women aside overseas. They talk about how to go about, you know, the nuts and bolts, how to go about getting a passport, set up a business, that sort of thing. I see very few posts in those actual groups. I'm not, I don't know if you're members of them or not. I am. I see very few posts uh, trashing black women. So I would question where you're seeing these posts. Oh, but, I have uh, a post. Go ahead. I, go ahead. No, no, no. I said I would question where you see these posts because, like I said, I belong to quite a few dedicated groups of brothers who go overseas. And I don't see many um, posts in those dedicated groups. Uh, I have a, just sitting around yeah. trashing black women. I don't see a lot of it. I have a post myself on my own page. There was a popular YouTuber, not going to say his name, who did a video on my post about um, Passport Bros. That post now, I think, has like uh, 1.7 thousand uh, comments. You can go there and see the negative comments. About um, the Western women, black women, they're not qualified for marriage or not, you know, they're overweight, they're this, they're single moms, after single moms, this, that, and the third, the list goes on. Okay. So um, would it be fair to say that you haven't actually spoken, you know, one-on-one -on -one with any passport brothers? Would that be fair to say? When you say one-on-one, -on -one, do you mean the negative comments are towards me by them? <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I'm actually sitting down and interviewing them for, for the book. Well, I don't have a book on Password Bros. I think Password Bros was just came a part of the conversation, um, you know, that we were discussing. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, 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 then I, I apologize. I was under, I, I, I was given the impression during your discussion with Danielle and Rose that that you had did some that you had actually written about Password. Well, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Um, that does bring me to your book. I, I have not read it. To be fair, I don't think you've read either of mine. You have a book regarding men and women. I have a book regarding black men and black women in a 21st century context. Um, my books are packed with extensive research notes, data, statistics. Um, it's not just my opinions. I do give my opinions, but I lead with the best research that I'm able to get first. And then I give my opinion based on that. My question to you would be, what is your actual book that you're talking about right now regarding men in our time today? Is that is that data driven or is it more just your own, you know, opinionated take? Well, it's uh, three things. Part of it is, well, like you said, you haven't read it yet. It's part of its stories. Uh, part of it is research and part of it is my opinion. OK. Um, that's very interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, stories. Um, okay, so um, really don't know. It's hard to debate stories, right? Um, can't really go into. Well, pe stories is how we relate, how people relate to things. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, my own take on the passport brother issue is that you cannot be against it 
on principle and still uphold an American ideal of voluntary association. You can't, you, you just can't. Whether well, you I like can't. it, whatever, whatever the reason they may have for it and so on and so forth, that's one thing. But just the idea of having a problem with it on its face, in my view, flies in the face of the American ideal of voluntary association. I can have a problem with it because what are you saying? You're, you're, what are you trying to accomplish by saying there are no good women here? I have to go elsewhere to another country, right, to get said result or get the outcome I want. And someone else made a point about, oh, uh, if you travel and you know women are, are, are different across the board, I said before earlier, once again, I see, I noticed that people are coming in and out of the conversation and that's fine because I do replay YouTube back sometimes that way. But people are making comments and putting them on the board this way that on a surface level, all women want the same things. All women don't like the same things, but all women want the same things. All women want provision. All women want protection. All women want the best position possible. How about going about that is different. Right. Would you agree? Well, what I would agree is that um, if we look at this from a voluntary association standpoint and more and moreover, extending that out further, if we look at this from a market based standpoint, you go where you get the biggest bang for the buck. That's that's true in business. That's true in life. That's true in love. That's true in work. Is um, it true? in bi biologically, is it true? Yes. Men okay. have migrated. Men, men have migrated for women. Since time immemorial is documented in the Bible, um, numerous instances in every pretty much in every culture on planet Earth known to humankind, men have indeed migrated for better mating options. That's that's a fact. So I think the idea, the question that you raised, you can't find. And, and actually, it's roughly 12 million black women if we females, black American females. It's roughly 20 million, 20 plus. But if we're talking about legal age of consent in adults starting at 18 on up, it's actually 12 million. Are you aware of the fact, sir, that of that 12 million black women at present, are you aware that roughly half of them follow Derek Jackson? No, I'm not aware of that. Yeah. So and the reason why I bring that up is because to your earlier point earlier, you can't find a black American woman here. I would agree with you. You can. But then the question becomes the matter of expense. Why would you want to and, and see a big part of the problem, too, is that a lot of the sisters that are considered good ones are becoming increasingly indistinguishable from the ones that are problematic. So it, it, it complicates the search even more. It just makes more efficient sense to just go to another to another mating ground. Um, again, this is what businesses do when 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 the cost of doing business exceeds the potential profit to be gained from it. That's when businesses change their marketing, change their marketing strategy, change their manufacturing strategy. Cost per unit comes in. All of those things change. The economies of scales change. Um, humanity men in particular um can and will move to other areas to get better mates that's been documented 
So it just found it's interesting to me to listen to people who espouse a view that you have articulated, say you can't find an American black woman here to, to get with. The question is not can't. The question becomes cost. Cost in time, cost in um cost in time, real world resource cost. Those are costs in mating. And it's gotten to a point where a real world argument can be made that the costs of attempting to find a suitable black American woman as a mate is exceeding the profit to be gained in the pursuit. And as I said earlier, sir, I don't know if you heard me, there's gonna be a cost regardless. You can pay on the front end, you can pay on the back end. You will pay some yep. way. But the cost is the cost is cheaper. Again, using market using market economy examples, we don't we don't disagree that there is a cost. What we're disagreeing is is whether the cost is worth it. In the 1980s, GM was in real big trouble because Honda and Mazda and Toyota were kicking its behind, and Lee Iacocca had to come in on the on the Mopar end on the Chrysler end and revitalize. Motown. That's the situation that's that's occurring right now in black America with regard to black women. They're getting their behinds kicked by the Hondas and the Toyotas and the Mazdas of the mating world. And then there's no Lee Iacocca coming in to revitalize them. That's the problem. OK, so we talked about uh, well, we didn't talk about it, but as a collective in the conversation, we talked about going somewhere else where we 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 assume oh everything is going to be so much better. Men who go overseas get divorced too, right? Actually, actually, the divorce rate of American men and foreign wives is uh, last time I checked twelve percent. The black marital rate is under thirty percent. The divorce rate black women file for divorce at a higher rate than any other group of American women, overall over 70%. For black women, it's about 80. The average length of a black marriage today is five years. Infidelity in general in black America, excuse me, in general in America among American women overall has risen over 40% since 1990. With regard to black women today, they're about roughly four points behind black men in cheating on their spouse both black men and black women cheat more than anyone else in American life. Okay. Thank you for the stats. I appreciate it. Right. No matter where you go, there you are. No matter where you go, there you are. No matter where you go in the world, there'll be the issues. So the men who do get divorced, they had the same issue they had when they left America. Do you agree there? I agree that it's a much smaller percentage of men who are uh, in experiencing problems. So okay, so see, see, I can play that much game smaller, too. Much smaller percentage. I agree with that. I can, I can play the game too. It's going to be a risk. It's going to be a risk either way, right? And the, and, and the risk mitigation and the risk mitigation is much smaller. The, all the data is telling us that the risk mitigation um, is in favor of the passport brothers' position, not against it. That's what the, that's what the data is telling us. 
We'll just have to disagree with that. <laughs> How can you disagree with the fact that foreign women and American men? I disagree that it's. it's I disagree that it's the solution to a problem. I disagree that it's. How do you disagree with the fact that they have a much low, a, a markedly a orders of magnitude lower divorce rate than than Black American men and Black American women do? You're do, talking about. You, you're discussing the numbers. That's fine. I'm disagreeing on the fact mm -hmm. that grown men. Are saying that their only solution is to travel overseas for to get a woman. Well, first that's of all, I, that's never been my position, and I, I've yet to hear any brother, and I'm I, I know quite a few passport brothers. I've never heard them say your only hope is to go overseas. I've never heard any brother say that, and I know quite a well, few of them. Well, you need to go on that post I wrote, and I'll even tag you if I need to. Please do, uh -huh. uh, Mumia, uh, Mumia Ali. You can you can tag me, and I, I'll be very uh willing to read it but even with that being said the, the the data points here are pretty i mean i don't see how any i don't see how any reasoned um thoughtful person could argue against the data okay. we can talk about data all day the problem is that grown men are going overseas thinking that that's their only way that's that's the problem fundamentally you can talk about the numbers like you said it's going to be less risk over there still an issue regardless Okay. Well, Obsidian, um, we have got to get up out of here. Yes. Thank you so um, much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Obsidian. You guys got to have me on the show yeah. one day to talk we, about my yeah. We would love to. We definitely do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, shout out to the Roger Report live. He said, what's wrong with men trashing if that's your perception? Black men get trashed by black women collectively. The mainstream media and people of other groups, sometimes when they are asked about brothers, why does, why it, does matter? it matter? The interesting people. thing about Roger's comment is that we literally have a culture of black men complaining, upset, uh, traumatized, uh, distraught over the fact that they've been trashed, about, uh, over the fact that it doesn't feel good. They're acknowledging it doesn't feel good to be trashed and to be made to feel like you're less than or to be made to feel like you're a dog or that, you know, you're not valuable. So to ask that question is to answer that question, Ooh. in my opinion. But go ahead, brother. I I'm really don't have an opinion about it because you pretty much just said it right there. Well, JC, um, I definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate you coming through. Um, it was a great interview. Um, hopefully we can go cover your other book. Um, when women yeah, learn chess. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really, really dope interview. Um, I loved your thought process and viewpoints on a lot of things, and you were very patient with our with our audience. So I'm, I'm <laughs> grateful, grateful for that, baby. I need some of that patience because I'd be so triggered. <laughs> I'd be triggered over what I think they're saying. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me. I, it was definitely a, a good time. You know, like I said, all the gentlemen who came aboard, it was nothing personal. I appreciate you challenging my thoughts and. I am here to challenge yours as well. And we're just having dialogue. So, you know, great, great interview. It was really, really good. Um, everybody, if you have not subscribed to um, JC, um, his link has been in the bio. 
it has been in our um comments but we're gonna put all his stuff in our description box so that you can go subscribe to him buy his books uh when men were men it was a really really it was a great read and it wasn't like you trying to buy a nigga mixtape off the solid <laughs> and his grandma was on point and y'all know Listen, i'm not it was real yeah it was good it was a solid book solid <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, you guys go and support. Um, JC, do you have any final thoughts for the interview? Uh, great show. Loved it. Definitely um, interested to play it back myself to get context. But uh, as you know, the lady said, you can definitely reach me on Facebook, um, Intellectual Sniper JC Author. Pretty sure they have it you know, on the link or the description. Of course, my books are available on Amazon. My um my next book, The Power of Self, uh, is coming out in late November, and uh, hey, album dropping uh, this summer. So hey, that's what we talking about. <laughs> Love to see it. Thank you, thank you again. It certainly was our pleasure. Um, like we can't thank you enough. This was absolutely wonderful. We will be in contact because we must do this again for um, one of your other books as well. Um, dope, dope, dope guests, and we certainly thank appreciate you. you, brother. Absolutely appreciate it. Enjoy your right, day. Christy. Have a great day. Take care, ladies. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye. Concrete girl, that was one for the books, honey. What, that uh, was, child. That was what is it definitely. Whew, um, it was very good, very interesting, intriguing all the way through. Better than I thought it was gonna be. I mean, it was so much better than I thought it was gonna be. Don't roll your eyes like I doubted you, but anyway, you always way, be doing it, and then I'd be like. <laughs> It was a real good. But once I started reading the book, I was like, okay, this is very interesting. It was a very interesting read. Um, like we said, yeah. we have been dropping the link. It's a very good book. It's a self-help book. And it is about harnessing your power. Don't like ignore the negative comments in the chat because it's literally a book like about, you know, how you as a man need to own your power and empowering, uh, you know, telling a man to be empowered and you know, that you should lead and that you are in control of your destiny and your environment and, you know, the circles in which you travel is always a good thing and should not be frowned upon in any way, shape or form. So I absolutely loved it, loved it, loved it. I just had a few other things that I wanted to highlight that I did not get an opportunity to just like two, three points. So I was the one who brought up the comment about bullying. I was not saying at all that bullying is okay, nor was I downplaying bullying. I simply was saying that unfortunately in our society is part of our upbringing and what we should be looking at is um the root cause i talked about the importance of you know root cause analysis during our last show if this is a normal thing that everybody experiences in our society we should get to the root cause of it why that is as opposed to trying to act like it's something isolated that only black people do because that is so far from the truth like it is absolutely ridiculous um um uh, Black Wizard was the one who brought it up and he also talked about trauma. He talked extensively about our trauma as black people and how that shapes our culture. So if you know that we as black people have trauma, 
I'm certain that the root cause for us somehow ties into our trauma. And my point is we should be looking at the root cause and we also don't need to look at it as if it's this isolated thing that only educated lanes have experienced because that is not the truth. I don't know a person who has not been bullied. Um, In addition to that, I also was trying to ask Black Wizard if he knew about epigenetics and if he believed in that because... When we talk about epigenetics and you know genetic markers and how they can impact and code the DNA and be on the DNA instead of in the DNA, um, like things such as um, trauma and anxiety can be like genetic markers um, that can be passed down from generation to generation. And we know that trauma and anxiety causes bad attitudes in Black women. So like literally, there are so many things that we have conversations about and we pinpoint and we point the finger and we talk about how bad it is and how disgusting it is and how we're tired of seeing it, but we never talk about the source and about the root cause. I say all that to say I am still a firm believer that you as the adult, as the person dealing with the problem, need to address it and need to figure out a solution and a way to deal with it because the world around you should not have to should not have to kowtow to your illness, your anxiety, your trauma your past issues, what have you. But I still think it's important for us to have discussions about what's causing a lot of the problems that we love to highlight. So that is my takeaway. This was a fantastic discussion, fantastic session. I can't say enough about it. Despite the fact that we weren't favored in the chat and they was eating us up, I still enjoyed it. Child, you know how they gonna do us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to um Uncle Stu. Thank you so much, Uncle Stu. He says great show. Thank you so much for that. We Thank definitely you. appreciate that. And a shout out to Black Wizard. Thank you so much, Black Wizard. He says the only thing with that concrete is others don't get to dictate who you respond to, bullying or ostracization. Ostracization. Yeah, how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can tell a person what they should focus on, but they get to decide, get to decide if it's important. Um, thank you Absolutely. so much for that. And I'm not telling anybody how they should address it. I said, I want to have conversations about the root cause and about what it stems from. That's it. Come more conversations about it. We have a billion conversations about, you know, the thing. I want to have conversations about the source too. That's all I'm saying is conversations about it. I don't really care how you deal with it. I am, I know you can, cause you, and in that same vein, like in the same way that you say that so why are we chastising black women for having bad attitudes because you can't tell them how to deal with their trauma their anxiety but we want them to fix their problems but then when when i talk about it with black men and i wasn't even talking about it from the standpoint of black men need to acknowledge that bullying exists with everybody so keep dealing with black women i just was talking about it from the standpoint of i want to talk more about the source but y'all want black women to fix the problem or y'all want to continue to chastise them over it. But nonetheless, that wasn't my point. I want to talk more about the source. But whatever. Shout out to Black Wizard again. He says, yes, I agree with epigenetics, not as you framed it. Um, Thank you so much for that. There's framework around anxiety being uh, an epigenetic marker and how it's um, passed down. But definitely look into it, Black Wizard. Mm. 
That's a good point. Um, shout out to the Roger Report. Thank you so much, brother. He says, I would like a real answer. Since America is cool with brothers getting trashed, then why is it a problem if others get trashed? Our complaints have been ignored, so shouldn't the same happen to others? What say um, you that's... first? Um, I feel like if you guys have had a problem with it, um, what is it going to take for us to be on equal playing ground? And is it a thing that ever stops? But or because you know you talk about when you talk about masculinity and men or whatever. And what men should be focused on. And I, you know, of course, I think that's subjective. But if you have a man that's always constantly, constantly focused on bullshit, um, if you're constantly focused on, on focusing on bullshit, then something else isn't getting handled. And I would actually say the same thing to women. If you don't want these niggas, stay away from them. Why are you all up in their business? Why are you paying attention to them? I would have the same advice for a divested. Um, content creator as it pertained to black men if you don't want black men leave black men alone you don't have to keep trashing black men if you especially if you're saying that you don't want them um i don't feel oh. like yeah. trashing black black women and identifying issues um that black women have are the same i think you can talk about um i think you can talk about both you know, you can talk. One is bashing, and one is actually having a discussion and mm -hmm. and being real about what it is that you know, what it is that you've seen. But a lot of times, a lot of times, it goes from um a normal discussion about problems to actual bashing with a lot of content creators. Yeah. We've seen it. For me, I think that um, I oh, for me. I don't see, first of all, this goes back to JC's earlier point that, so black men want to be able to do what black women have done for so long. Oh, so y'all did it. So we want to be able to do it in this tit for tat, very petty, immature, like underdeveloped thing that is very childlike to me that I don't understand. Like it's real, like bullsh to me. Number one. Number two, it is also a very sadistic thing where I want y'all to hurt and feel the same pain that y'all made me feel that I don't operate in. Like, I don't believe in that. I am a person that if you hurt me, I can walk away because I know that that's the best pain that I can inflict upon you. I am not a person that feels like I, like I'm going to stay here and through all, no matter what, I'm going to stay here and put myself through hell to get my lick back from you. I'm not that type of person. So I can't even imagine or pretend or put myself in that position for the sake of being able to, you know, um, articulate a, a, a formulate a response to this. But I also will say this. I also do not believe in sitting in the company of people, and I'm personalizing this, that are going to trash black men. And I don't want to be in the company of people that are going to trash black women. I think it's destructive. It's divisive. Nothing positive comes out of it. I don't mind having a constructive conversation where we highlight and isolate, you know, issues with each group individually or just one at a time, whatever. But like what comes out of it? Like, it is sadistic or immature, in my opinion, depending upon which way you want to look at it. Also, Roger, 
the fact of the matter is your complaints have not been ignored y'all are talking to women that actually refuse to listen to y'all and not to say all black women but the women that y'all are talking about aren't the uh, it isn't every black woman um but you guys tend to want to listen to women that that have destroyed y'all are going to listen to that type of shit um while ignoring women that uplift and support you guys mm -hmm. and the women that uplift and support you guys don't really get a lot of support from black men they kind of mm -hmm. go overlooked and unnoticed just like good black men get overlooked and unnoticed by black women when y'all have been trashed and it's definitely not the majority of black women trashing um black men you do have a subsection but we we do um yeah. have to and there's be a lot of black women who will trash to. There's a lot of black women who will trash, and he's asking a follow-up question, saying he's not hearing an answer to the question that he asked. That's but I think I gave asking. an answer. Like I, th the, I, you asked the question about why is it not okay? Because it's immature. Number one, that's one answer, and also it is sadistic. You want to do, you want them to hurt just like you hurt. I, th those are my two responses. I see it as immature, and uh, or and or. I see it as kind of a bit of a sadist. You're trying to inflict pain on them for the sake of inflicting pain on them because you once hurt and felt pain. That's the best answer I can give. Okay. Um, shout out to Black Wizard. He said, I know C. Rose, there's more to it than that. You're right. Um, but I was giving it in layman's term because it's a very deep uh, subject matter. So, yeah. Okay. He said, let's talk okay. about it on Black my Wizard. channel. Okay. okay. He said, but some other time though. And shout out to Uncle Stu. He said, C Rose, let's do a live stream. Let's do a stream, you and me, because I was told you can't say angry black woman. If we can't talk about it, then what are we to do or say? I'm going to do a live. Okay, let me know when, Uncle Stu. Okay. And then shout out to Roger. And um, he I, I think know. we both covered your answer. Yeah. Um, but definitely definitely a great live stream um a very very special shout out to intellectual sniper author yes. jc or jc camper on amazon if you guys are looking um for his books really really good reads um i think this was a really really solid show um and a special shout out to everybody that came through um, especially to the guys who came through on a panel and even more so to you guys who super chatted us. We Absolutely. definitely, definitely appreciate, appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, okay, well we... I'm excited about the next show because this was such a, we did a bang up job. <laughs> excited about the next one. Uh, um, yeah. okay. Well, we will see you guys back here on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, have a great start to your week and we will see you guys soon. We're out. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,